we're Limp Bizkit oh, yeah, podcast. We're Limp Bizkit podcast now. The yeah. world's premier Limp Bizkit podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I keep rolling, rolling, rolling. Welcome to Nookie Cast. <laughs> Welcome to Three Dollar Bill. <laughs> Your premier Limp Bizkit podcast. They did that remake of Behind Blue Eyes. <laughs> they absolutely did. I remember that. That was uh, that was hot back in the day. Just do it. <laughs> Welcome everybody to episode number forty-eight of Random Draw, a board game podcast. I feel like I normally say the name of the show first and then the episode. Hey, just freestyle, man. I couldn't tell you. I've only edited forty-seven. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> still couldn't tell you. I mean, who cares, right? Uh, I'm your host, Daniel Man. With me, as always, Dave Hubbard. That's me. Mark Belial. Escucho muchachos sin cerveza sin trabajo, which uh, means some the beers in the bathroom. Beer. Listen, yes. fellas, no beer, no, no work. work. Uh, yeah, <laughs> good. I was gonna say it was work. It wasn't bathroom. Yeah. Oh, El Baño. Yeah. Was bathroom. El Baño is bathroom. Yeah. I also think cerveza I in El Baño. I my verb wrong too. It should have been escucha. I have a real hard time with that. No. Any other language. Just, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I'm not yeah, good I've been, at I've been plugging away at Espanol for a couple weeks now. No and... trabajo, no. <laughs> no. That's all yes. I want to say. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No trabajo. Period. You'll find this hard to believe. My Spanish accent is way worse than my English one. <laughs> Shocker. Yeah. yeah. You know what the difference is? I can't tell if your Spanish accent's bad. <laughs> oh, no, trust me, it's bad. I always it's muy mal. I have a hard time wrapping around like you know how we have like a southern accent and stuff like that, uh-huh. and then people are like, "Oh, he's speaking with a southern Swedish accent." I'm like, no, it sounds exactly the same <laughs> as that dude. <laughs> Just the same. I can at least tell like proper British and Cockney apart. But, oh well, yeah. but that's because Cockney's I, hard to understand. Because, yeah, because I don't understand the words. Yeah, yeah. it's just a lot of blank stares. <laughs> it's a lot of Brad Pitt and Snatch. What's yeah. that? Uh, I need subtitles for people. What do they have us uh, the subreddit like Scottish people of Twitter or something oh, like yeah. that? I can't even understand the tweets. Like no. I'm trying to read them. Like these aren't words. <laughs> It's English shorthand. What's if you're from O-C-H Scotland, mean? I'm sorry. Yeah. If yeah. you're from Scotland, good job, because apparently you understand me way better than I understand you. <laughs> yeah. And that's like, that's good on you. Yeah. I'm terrible at that. I, I don't get it. <laughs> Welcome to language talk. <laughs> Responsible, I babble now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I, I'll take it. Yeah. So if you're confused on what kind of podcast you are listening to. It makes sense. It is, uh, yeah, it is a board game podcast. We talk exclusively about board. Oh, that's already a lie. We talk. <laughs> about board games and then uh, we sometimes forget that it's a board game podcast and we talk about whatever we want mm-hmm. let's get right into it so how the show works we're going to review a couple games then we're going to go into a topic dave and i do all the work on that mm-hmm. yeah and mark is here also yes uh <laughs> Yeah, I'm like the uh, the mascot. Yeah, yeah, you're the audio version of a mascot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that. Me too. I, what kind of a... animal would you be? An if owl. You, for this podcast? Yeah, sure. Because he's the wizened one? Because uh, he likes I'm, Tootsie Roll Pops. I'm odd looking. And I've got big eyes. <laughs> also, he does that thing where he turns his head all the way around. Oh, it's yeah. super weird. Yeah, yeah. I remember the first time I did that in front of you guys. Yeah. You lost it. So the first game we're going to talk about, it was my daughter's birthday on April 9th. These guys were asking for what what should we get your daughter for your birthday? And I said, very helpfully, I don't know. <laughs> you did say I don't know. And it then you, was not helpful. And then you made it clear we weren't supposed to spend a ton of money because yeah, we were like we were thinking like a need, switch game or whatever. Yeah. yeah, she doesn't need all that. She got a mm-hmm. ton of stuff for her birthday. Yeah. 
Um, but she made a very reasonable list of mm-hmm. like, oh, I want socks. <laughs> and I was just like, oh all right, God, clothing items that are necessities you don't have to ask for for your birthday. You just mm-hmm. let us know, and then, hey, I need socks. <laughs> we will get you And then socks. we'll just get the socks. <laughs> oh, I see all these have holes in them. Yeah. Well, I hope your birthday's coming yeah, up soon. Yeah, I hope either <laughs> a birthday or Christmas is here soon because I don't know what you're going to do. Yeah. So she was <laughs> like that. That was actually my actual life growing up. That was a lot. <laughs> We've come such a far away now, dude. <laughs> <laughs> really have. <laughs> so so they brought her a board game, which yeah. is apt because we, we play a lot of board games. We went down to our local board game shop mm-hmm. in Lewis. What and is I, that? Like What's that place called? Games and Stuff or something? Yeah, like no. Some, no it's, games uh, and Stuff is not it. <laughs> is it called second. Toys and Such? <laughs> and toys and Such? <laughs> I'm just, if I open a board game shop, I mean, it would be called Random Draw, a board game shop. Yeah. I think we all o- know that. Obviously. Kids Catch. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I guess Kids we're not even close. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So anyway, and they show up with this game called Heist, colon, One Team, One Mission. Mm -hmm. So in Heist, colon, One Team, One Mission, you are a team of heisters, and you're on one team, and you're on one mission. Mm -hmm. You have one mission. And when we gave it to Kira, we were very clear that, Kira, we want to prepare you for your future. Yeah. Which, Mm -hmm. knowing your parents... Is probably going to be bank robber. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I don't see it going another yeah. way for her. We don't encourage education or making things of yourself. No, mm-hmm. but you know what we do encourage? Yeah, robbing banks. Rob- yeah. yeah, taking from others and keeping for yourself. I need you to be. Don't a, give to the poor. An Keep elegant cat burglar. Yeah, the well, fox. If yeah. you are poor and you rob a bank, then really you're Robin Hood. Yeah, you took from the rich and you gave to the poor. That's only the case the first time. <laughs> very true not that's, if you spend it all that's true i'm now poor again sure i have nice things mm-hmm. so a uh, one heist one team so this is a cool uh, little game it comes in a it has a square a cube a, a cube, cube mm-hmm. uh and on in top of the cube you store these little gold bars yeah, essentially they're little plastic bars they look like gold you put them all in and then you you are very not dexterous if you're like us and yeah, so you, you keep dropping them it takes over you and over three again. hours to put them in <laughs> yeah they look like little plastic twinkies yes yeah, they, they do, do. They so do. then you put them in the top and then you press them down and then each side of this cube has a button on it and a um, job so one person's the hacker one person's the explosives expert mm-hmm. one person is the uh, lookout there's yep and, and then, then the oh no who's the last boy and then the there's the no hacker, job. and then and now a uh, muscle. No, no. It, and then there is a fourth job. Yeah, Dang there's it. definitely fourth. There job. is four of these jobs, so it is a four up to four player game. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you start going, you turn this box on. You jam batteries in it, then you turn this box on, yep. and it gets you going with the first mission. And there's all these smaller tokens that are like explosives, computers, maps. Oh, Mark mm-hmm. has it. Go money ahead. man. Money oh, man, yeah. man, obviously. It's the most important part. The money man is the banker. Kira yeah. was always the money man. Yeah. You have these other little plastic things. So it'll say, pass the computer to the money man. And then you pass the computer to the money man. Mm-hmm. And then it'll say, like, exchange the computer for the map. And so whoever has those two. And then it'll say, whoever has the map, press your button. And mm-hmm. then... Hopefully you've been following along and you press your button. And if you do well, it goes take $3 million or Mm -hmm. some anomalous amount. And then you keep doing this over and over until you win the grand prize, which is all this money falling out of the top. Yep. The top pops open and you get all the gold. Yep. That's level one. And then it keeps just getting faster and faster and more hectic. This game sounds a little dumb. Yeah. And even when I first read the directions, I was like, ah, we'll see how it is. The one page of directions. Yeah. It is Mm -hmm. one page. Like it's a kid's game. We'll see how it works. But by the time you're already at level two and level three, it starts getting 
frantic. Like, oh, yeah. even for adults. We, uh, Kira and I did not make it past level two, is what I was <laughs> saying. Like, level three was incredibly hard. Like, you have to be definitely paying attention. Well, and the amount of time you get after it says, like, uh, whoever has the explosives, press your button. You have a very short time yeah. to press your button, and that time gets shorter the higher levels you go. Mm-hmm. Everything it says gets faster and more frantic the higher the level is. So the goal of this game is to get all, I think it's like $50,000 or whatever. Oh, yeah. no, it's it's in the millions, baby. Millions, uh, baby. Millions. Sure. It's like 50 we're not chumps. worth of money. Yeah, we're not just going to knock over some credit union. Well, I'm then, not robbing the liquor store for 50 bucks and a Coke. <laughs> well, and then gold bars <laughs> pop out, which I assure you, giant gold bars, very easy to carry. Yeah. <laughs> Super easy. Five trans- if I've ever yeah. played a heist video game. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. I know that you don't walk slower, <laughs> So that is the whole game. I mean, there's not a ton to describe no. about the game, but I really did enjoy it. And Kira was super into it, which she yeah. is the target audience here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, this is properly uh, focused. I mean, we certainly wouldn't have purchased it if you did not own a nine-year-old. I don't own her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't own her. If you uh, weren't, like, living with a nine-year-old. Responsible oh, that even sounds worse. Well, that's true. <laughs> if you weren't living. All right, we wouldn't. Uh, we if wouldn't, I didn't have a daughter, we wouldn't, sure, uh, sure. we wouldn't be buying this game if you hadn't captured a nine year old. You captured a nine year old <laughs> and stored her in your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> captured her from birth. <laughs> oh, I gotcha. Gotcha. You, you purchased her at the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, hospital. I'd like to purchase one baby, please. I have one of infant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boy or girl. Yeah, you know. Whatever you got. I mean, is there a discount? <laughs> yeah, whatever you got. We got a discount when we adopted Kaiser because he only has three legs. <laughs> <laughs> was it twenty five percent off? Because it should have been. Oh no, it was less than that. I think to adopt a dog there, it's like one hundred and fifty bucks, and we paid like twenty five dollars for it. <laughs> that makes oh sense wow! Well, he was not. He was there for a long time because he's only oh, got yeah, three legs. No one wanted legs. him. I was like, I'll take a crippled dog <laughs> for that price. <laughs> for that price, <laughs> yeah, in great. this economy, <laughs> I'll take that dog. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so heist colon one team one mission. Mark, do you have information on this I game? I absolutely do have information. It was published in two thousand nineteen. By University Games, who mm-hmm. published High Society. It's oh, wait. I thought maybe I had that. Oh, I thought that was that dinosaur. Uh, no, no, that's, that's dinosaur, dinosaur Tea, tea party. party. Yeah. High Society is like, uh, it's got this be- really beautiful art on it. I've almost bought it a couple times just on the It does basis sound of familiar. Art. Yeah, you've, you've definitely seen it if you've like shopped around on Amazon. The Dine was done by Rob Davio, our good friend. Really? Uh, oh. Yeah. Dang, that dude he, does uh, all the games. Yeah, he uh, he did Fireball Island, which we talked about in the uh, episode 34. <laughs> which we talked about unfavorably. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to hear us uh, really tr- talk trash about a game. Which is a thing we don't 34. do a ton, but yeah, you know. yeah for sure. But, but we're honest. But if a game's crappy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it was also designed by Bob Driscoll and Don Ullman. Bob Driscoll's like a bank robbing name, right? Bob Driscoll? Yeah, the Driscoll. Bob Lee kid. Driscoll. Yep. I went to college with a kid named Rob Banks. Oh, man. Oh, that's pretty on the money. Rob- he, he was in security, and I always thought that, that was a front <laughs> for something. <laughs> I got to keep my eye that's on this much. guy. <laughs> and then the art was done by Annika Quellhorst, who wrote Don't Drink and Draw. Don't Drink and Draw. Don't that drink and draw. actually sounds like a fun thing to do. Yeah. Uh, I think she did like all the stuff stuck to the cube and everything. Oh, okay. And maybe right. she designed the Twinkies. The, I don't know. I only have one actual gripe with this game, and I completely understand it's a children's game. But <laughs> this game is too much for children. <laughs> no. So here's my gripe. When it's your turn to press the button, you have to grab the yeah. cube yeah. and then press your button. Because if you just press it, you 
you just push the cube yeah. across uh -huh. the table, and, and then the you're button not, doesn't press. You're not supposed to press on the top of the cube because that's where the gold can fall out. So you just push it back in. So mm -hmm. you like have to grab the sides. It's it's yeah. very. I wish they were. It came with like suction cups or like something. Yeah, to stick we could it to the screw surface. it right into the table. I don't. Ooh, just a bolt. It? Just have a bolt. We'll play it every this week. This is my heist table. <laughs> this is my heisting table. <laughs> we really love it. Yeah. It's it's yeah. So that's heist colon one team one mission. So we're gonna rate the game. <laughs> Mini stroke right there. Uh, the way we <laughs> the way we rate our games is on a one to ten scale, but we don't use the number seven because we think that is kind of a cop out. Yeah, because Mark told me that's a cop out, and I'm not allowed to use it. Yeah, yeah. and I believe everything Mark says. Mm -hmm. So far, so all far, time. all true. <laughs> Tetraminos, baby. <laughs> all true. Heist, one team, one mission. Mark, on a scale of one to ten, not using a number seven, how many millions of dollars would you give Whoa, Heist One Team One Mission? Interesting. For what this game is, which is like a very, very light kids game, this was a good time. I enjoyed playing it with Kira. I don't know how much replay value there is once you've gotten past, like, there's like six missions involved. I don't know how on earth you get past the third one because it's all very difficult. Uh, <laughs> We're not good at this children's game. Yeah. So I'm not sure how much replayability it has, but if you have kids, they probably like to play that thing for hours. So I'm going to give it like a six. Six million. Six million out of ten million, not using seven million. Seven million's gone. Yeah, seven's gone. It's inflationary, you know? <laughs> like, if someone came to me and they said, do you want seven million dollars, I would not say, no, that's a cop-out That's a cop-out. I'd say, that's no, a you cop give... Out. I want eight million dollars. <laughs> you give me six or you give me eight. <laughs> Don't give them the six option, because that's yeah. what they're going to give me. I know. <laughs> Dave Heist, colon, one team, one mission, out of ten million, how many millions would you give this game without using seven million? <laughs> I would give this game also six million. Honestly, <laughs> suction cup eight million. <laughs> Screw. That was uh, that was my biggest uh, beef with this game. But when it comes to like games that are designed for kids, this one did a lot of really neat things for kids. Like there was a lot of having to pay attention to it, having to track what's going on, having to work as a team. Like this did a lot of really neat things for a kids game. So yeah, looking so. forward to the uh, prison expansion. <laughs> you get caught, you uh -huh. go to prison, and then you have to break out. It comes with to... a real tattoo gun. <laughs> 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 you have to break out and then you have to go to say Wantaneo and yeah. find the money that you've yep. buried there. Obviously. Mm -hmm. Yep, I love it. I will make it six as well. Clean sweep. Sweep it. It is fun. Yeah. I certainly don't want to play it a bunch of times. But I'd gladly play it again. I would gladly play it again because it is fun and it doesn't last very long. No. It does not nice. outstay its welcome. Yep. And you can choose what level to start at. So it's not yeah. like you have to start at level one and work your way up. That would be a bummer. Mm -hmm. yeah, like yeah. You can start, it goes up to level five. And, and then, then I read in the rules that if oh. you beat level five, you can immediately do a level six. Whoa. Super secret mission. Secret level six. You can't just yeah, go to it. That's where you're stealing art for the CIA. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, so the next game we played was a game called Foodies. I think I got this on clearance somewhere. Uh, I originally saw this at Gen Con a while ago yeah. when I was like in the Simon booth, but I was already like spending all of my money at Gen Con. Uh -huh. so. uh -huh. As you do. Can't just keep spending money. <laughs> this is somehow I held back from buying this one, uh, but I got it later on on the cheap, like 20 bucks or something like that. So in Foodies, you are the owner of a food court mm -hmm. and you are trying to make the best food court possible. And the way you do that is you... Uh, have your little board, and it's got nine spots on it. Mm -hmm. Is that right? It's a, it's a, it's a perfect square. It's, it's a nine, perfect square. It's, it's nine, either nine. It's, like it's nine. It's nine. Yeah, okay. I think it's nine. I think it's, I think Dave is correct. He seems he seems very. Confident. I mean, I also said nine. He said it. <laughs> the, the trick is, is that you said nine, and then you frowned, and then Dave said but nine. I said it but then he shook his head. Here's the he thing. Like nodded. There was only one center spot. <laughs> yeah, that means it has true. to be nine. 
That is why I'm confident. Yeah. Nine or that clears or that's good logic. Or a bigger square with more blanks. Well, we got a real Star Trek watch. Oh yeah. Well, the board said. Uh, so oh, in the foodies, you again, you have your very own food court. And you're trying to make the best food court you can. The way you do this is you get victory points, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's how you be a foodie. I'm about to start reviewing stuff on TripAdvisor <laughs> so that I can get victory points. You gotta get these victory points. Yeah. So. These cards come out, and they're different ethnicities of food. So you have, like, American, Russian, uh, Japanese, uh, German. Uh, German, Brazilian, mm-hmm. all kinds of, of food. So you purchase this vendor to put in your food court. Mm-hmm. And if they match up with other vendors of the same nationality, you'll get bonus points. And then they're just the uh, regular size playing cards. They have half of a star on them. So mm-hmm. you're trying to match these stars up in different angles, too. Yeah, because it... More stars get you more bonus points. More stars get That's you more how bonus you win, points. Baby. Yep, and it's all about the cards. All about the uh, the the iconography is bananas on this. Yeah, that was a little tough, but it, you know, it, it was okay. Yeah, once you, I think once you played a couple times, you probably get used to it. I mean, that's really how the game yeah. is played. You just keep going through uh, until someone gets thirty victory points or whatever it was, mm-hmm, and it, mm-hmm. it's pretty quick. It's a pretty quick game. Oh, yeah. you start the turn by rolling a dice, one to six. How's that work? Uh, no, it's two die. But then that'd be twelve. It's one die. Is there only six spots? No, that doesn't make sense. Is it an eight-sided? Is it a nine-sided dice? Oh, no. It's a ten-sided dice with a zero. zero. It's a ten-sided dice with a zero. Figure it out. So (laughs) it's a ten-sided dice with a zero. If you roll a zero, you get to select what spot it is. Yeah, and if it's one through nine, it is that At that spot. So if you have something on that... Mark Mark agrees now that we figured it out. (laughs) Uh, That was a silent nod. That wasn't meant for the audience. That's all right. Everything (laughs) is meant for the audience. So uh, Mm -hmm. if you have a food vendor already in that, you will get whatever it is, whether it's a star or coins or whatever. Uh, if you don't have anything in it and it's blank, sometimes it's just coins. Sometimes it's nothing. Mm-hmm. That yeah, is it nice. just kind of depends. And some some food vendors give you like a one time payout. Yeah. Other food vendors, like the Mexican restaurants, they tend to like stack like per every chili pepper that you've managed to yep. accrue. Yeah, you get an extra dollar. You get an extra um, extra dough out of that. If you ever want to replace a vendor, you can just put a new vendor on top of it. Like it's just like a regular food. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I assume yep. you just kick them out. You, just, you hey man, you're I'm not renewing your lease. Get out of here. You want to replace Sabaro with Chick Fil A? Just <laughs> stack it on top. Not a problem. Yeah. Here's what you do. You just walk over with the sledgehammer and then you just put a hole through the <laughs> wall. Start beating away at their, their I've, thing. I've put on my cow costume. <laughs> I've purchased the sledgehammer. <laughs> to go. Yo, prepare Yo, this to place be chicken. belongs to the cows now. <laughs> prepare <laughs> Jersey cow? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was a stellar pun. So, but that is the game. There's not too much to it. The rule book sucks, and it took a few minutes <laughs> yeah, to understand. The cool thing about the vendor cards, though, is they have a hole cut in them so that you could see the number on the space still. Yeah, that is, that is really cool. useful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's also goals that everyone can accomplish yeah. with buying certain vendors or accomplishing certain goals. And they get you victory points, but what I liked about them is that you never take it away from someone else. Like, right. if you accomplish it, awesome, you get those victory points. Someone else can, and they are also get, get the same victory, victory points. Point. Yeah. So yeah. there's not there was no like trolling in this game really. No. Not really. The only thing the only... you could do is if like I see Dave wants chili peppers, there's a chili pepper up there. I could buy that before he does. But then random other cards come out. Yeah. I might just yeah. get one anyway. Plus, I may not need that chili pepper. And like, it does it benefit me to get it so he doesn't? Yeah. I mean, and there's a little not. bit of dice mitigation too. Like, yeah. they have like the little brochures that you can use yeah, to yeah, like yeah. shift your dice around and mm-hmm. make them do other stuff. So. Yeah. I did not feel super stuck by the die in this game. No. You, you've semi quickly filled all your spots. And so you generally got something no matter what was rolled. You were obviously rooting for certain numbers because you get way more if certain things right. were rolled. Mm-hmm. But And depending on how you set up your restaurants like they'll do, 
extra good things if something special is to the left or to the right or yeah. like there's lots of that stuff. It really dodges that trap that Machikoro has where yeah, like, if you yeah. just get bad roll after bad roll. Well, we talked about how garbage Machikoro is and how Space Base is better. Yeah, far but, better. But even Space Base <laughs> yeah. has a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. But Space Base, you have what, like 18 options or some, oh, yeah. some nonsense like this? And you're always per- getting something. Like you can't not get something because yeah. you yeah. start with every space filled with something. Right. And then foodies is there's like a couple spaces on your board where if you don't have a restaurant there you won't get anything but Mm -hmm. if you have restaurants everywhere you're gonna get something well and on top of that i can't think of a single time during this game where i couldn't buy the restaurant i wanted yeah and we thought that was gonna be hard because Mm -hmm. so it's based on there's a lineup of four or five restaurants and as things get taken everything slides down so restaurants get cheaper as they as they go down Mm -hmm. but i yeah i never had a problem in the beginning i thought oh no like how am i gonna afford this restaurant and then i never had a problem yeah yeah, it was like it was never a thing you really had to worry about too much yeah not like real life you (laughs) might you might you might have lost like the restaurant to somebody just because they bought it before you did but but that's about the worst thing that happens like that's like that was that was like the worst case scenario yeah i think um amber kicked our butts hard at this game and that made sense to me because like i watched what she bought compared to what i bought and i was like that was way smarter yeah (laughs) one of us is making good decisions i didn't have me i needed all the chilies i didn't for reasons (laughs) i didn't i did not have a good strategy or set up a good um like cohesion where the stars were touching (laughs) and i didn't realize until like four rounds in where i oh i really blew this (laughs) I'll tell you my actual problem with this game. Okay. Okay. Is that what you wrote down? Yes. Okay, good. (laughs) So here's my actual problem with this game. (laughs) If I'm walking into a food court, I do not want to see five Mexican restaurants and no other food. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. Yes, you do. (laughs) I want different kinds of food at every stall. I don't think so. This encourages you to make the dumbest food court you can possibly imagine. I I love Tex-Mex. I do. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, like if I had one place that was dedicated direct, like just for like chimichangas, okay, I get another place, you know, directly. All they do is taquitos. Yeah, I get another place that's my enchilada shack. Yeah, and then I've got like another Works place that's something. like a little taco well, mania. So you at know? one point, my food cart consisted of five Mexican restaurants. I assumed sandwiching one Chinese place. Yeah, <laughs> and I did, I remember I was just playing this game. I looked down and I was like. If I walked into this food court and looked around, I would go to the Chinese food place, obviously, but I, it would be dumb. I would go yeah. to all five Mexicans. <laughs> yeah. Oddly enough, the Chinese place does tacos. It doesn't make a, it doesn't make a lick of six. Asian tacos. Yeah. Have you ever had a or- orange chicken tacos? It's an Asian fusion restaurant. Oh, that's good. I like that. Like, mm, nice. Yeah. Lo mein enchilada. And the game doesn't last very long, which nah. is awesome, too. So it's not a very heavy game. It's pretty light. And then in the beginning, I was like, oh, man, 30 points is going to take forever because yeah, the, the creep is slow. And yeah. then suddenly you hit a point where, like, all of your spots are filled. Yeah. And then it's not a creep anymore. It's like, oh, I rolled the die and Amber got seven points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a creep for Amber. It <laughs> no, was a creep for me still. It's always nice to have just, like, a really short game that doesn't just linger. Yeah. yeah. This is an excellent filler game. Well, this would be terrible if it was longer. I agreed. It, yeah. it was the correct amount of time yeah. for what it was. Yeah, right good, now, it's good, perfectly good fine. Design decisions, gentlemen. <laughs> uh, Mark, tell me all also, about... Also, you know oh, what? Go, I'm going to oh, give it extra points, too. No colon. Just foodies. Just foodies. Oh, yeah. Just a single word foodies, title. Foodies, colon, a food court <laughs> creation game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I expect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mark, tell me about foodies. Foodies, published in 2019 by Simon Limited. Uh, they did oh, I didn't dance. realize this was a Simon game. There's no minis, and that's That's what I saw. I saw it in the Simon booth. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they, uh, if you don't know Simon, I don't know what or you're doing on. listening to this. I don't know how they call themselves anymore. I love, I love be, Come On. I've used always to be been, Cool Mini or Not. Yeah. Now it's, now it's I like Come On because 
Come on, come right, on. Come on guys. You want to start calling? Come on, come buy on. our game. Yeah, buy our game. Come on. Come on. Come you on. want to make a hard stand on this? I mean, I, I, I'm okay with either. This Maybe I'll not, email them and say, like, die on. how the hell do you say your name? <laughs> <laughs> Dear Simon, uh, how the hell do you say your name? We run a podcast, and I only want one thing from you, and it is an answer to how you say your name. <laughs> please, please respond with just one word to this email. I'm going to yes. do that tomorrow. Very good. Okay. Instead uh, of working. They, also, they published uh, Dan's favorite game of the week of the month of, of the, the year. year. Arcadia uh, Quest. Arcadia Quest. Love Arcadia Quest. Yep. Yeah, baby. All of them are good. It was designed by love Ken that. Grohl, who uh, designed Happy Salmon. Oh, hey-oh. I also love that game. Good for her. I hope you're catching this. This is uh, me doing Happy Salmon yeah. with myself. That's not what it sounds like. <laughs> sounds like you're eating spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's not how an audio mascot works, Mark. <laughs> oh, okay. My bad. Sorry. Uh, give a hoot. Don't pollute. Uh, it was also designed by... <laughs> it was also designed by Marco Portugal, who did Project Elite. Marco Portugal? Marco that Portugal. That just is a country. It's a dope name. <laughs> yeah, it's a great name. And the art was done by uh, Hannah Cardoso, who did Gizmos, and Saeed oh. Jalabi, who did also did Project God, Elite. God, I love Gizmos so much. Which Simon's I couldn't imagine like a different set of art than Foodies and Project Elite. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> pretty drastically different. Those are wildly different things. Yeah. So that's a pretty drastic Let's difference. Let's slaughter a bunch of aliens, or, <laughs> or 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 make a food court. How do you feel about Mexican yeah, the, food? The art on this is like cartoony and whimsical <laughs> yeah. and fun. It's bright. Like yeah. the art fits perfectly for what it's the game. So is. funny. No, that's yeah. a sign of a good artist, or yeah. no? Oh, yeah, I guess so. I think so. Oh, I know. You got you got flexibility. You got range. You're versatile. You've got mad chops in the art world, kid. Almost every single artist is a better artist than I am. I say almost because <laughs> I've been to some postmodern art exhibits. Oh. You don't think a stripe of red across a white background is good art? I went to a whole exhibit of bullseyes once, and it, <laughs> and it, it was like walking around in a Target that took itself too seriously and didn't sell anything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's fair. <laughs> Where am I? It's a target without is, the humor. Yeah, I, yeah. Hey, can you point me towards the electronic section? <laughs> I wanted to be pointed towards a refund section. <laughs> hey, y'all uh, y'all got any of them Olaf stuffed animals or what? <laughs> I'm looking for some board games. <laughs> uh, so let's rate foodies 1 to 10. Dave, how many Mexican restaurants would you give foodies 1 to 10, not using the number 7? Because 7 is an obscene amount of Mexican Well, I had 5 in my food Hello. court, so I got to go minimum of 5. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to have 5 minutes. Uh, this is a solid 8. <laughs> I really enjoyed this game for what it was. Uh, yeah. Just a fun, quick filler game so quick. that Amber kicks your butt at. I, that's like most of my name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's most of my if name. it fits like in the Azul wheelhouse. Yeah. yeah she's, if it is like some sort of abstract <laughs> puzzle thinking. Then I know I don't have a chance. Yeah, you got, also, a, smart, you got a smart lady at home. Yeah. 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 Or I'm just super dumb. <laughs> There's that. These too. are the options, yeah. and I'm fine with either that's one. A, that's a non zero possibility. Yeah. I'm fine with you. I, I get it. I assume it's a mix. It's probably a solid <laughs> mix of the two. But if it's some sort of roll some dice and attack game, I'm your guy. Yeah. Because I know how to head on an attack. <laughs> I know Wait. how to run screaming at a man. <laughs> Question, can I choose violence? Can Wait, I is, choose violence? Yeah, I couldn't understand where the violence in foodies was. <laughs> so I, was, I spent four rounds looking for it, and then by that time it was too late. Yeah, I kept looking for the uh, Chinese meat cleaver. It was yeah. so weird. I go, so what's the DC of your guys? Because I have this this 10-sided dice. <laughs> uh, foodies, 1 to 10, not using the number 7. How many... Mexican restaurants, mm-hmm. would I give foodies? I'm going to say eight as well. I wasn't sure while reading through the rule book how I would feel about this game, but it turned out to be really fun, and it was short enough that it didn't overstay its welcome. It was easy to teach, easy to play, and easy to lose at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
like no, I had no problem at all losing <laughs> this game. Uh, Mark, foodies, one to ten, not using the number seven. How many Mexican restaurants would you give foodies? Hmm, interesting. I'm a little more lukewarm about this game. There's oh. not much I can really add to it oh, other so than seven? what you guys have said. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm totally going to give it a seven. It's a... Uh, it's not a perfect seven. I'm going to give this game a pretty strong six. It's, yeah, there's nothing that you guys haven't touched on that I feel like I have to Yeah, mention. we're great. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are great. And I'm, I'm glad to be riding your coattails. This Thank you, I'm, Al. This is why I'm the mascot. <laughs> <laughs> so the final game we're going to talk about tonight is a game called War of Whispers. War of Whispers. Yeah. So <laughs> we're going to have a war. Everybody, it's war time. <laughs> So War of Whispers, just a heads up to everybody listening right now. This was a review copy sent to us by Tabletop Tycoon. Don't worry. I hate it. I'm going to give it a terrible. I'm, yeah. I'm kidding. I, this uh, game is fun. <laughs> yeah. No matter what I would have felt about this game, I, I would have expressed it, whether they sent it to us or not. Yeah. We have integrity and yeah. you can see us. Yeah. It, mostly because I don't get paid to do this and I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so, no to impress here. So I originally was going to buy War of Whispers at saw this PAX at, Unplugged. No, no I believe Gen, it was Gen, Gen Con. Because we. We at, met up with our friends over at Starling Games. Yep, we went to go talk to him, put a face to a name, and we were talking to him, and they had, this was the first time War Whispers out, had a big stack of games. I was like, oh my God, that looks awesome. Rad. And then I came back the next day, and they're like, yeah, tough. It's gone. It's all <laughs> gone. Oh, no. It's all gone. Yeah, because we, you and I watched a quick like, playthrough yep, of it. Yeah, it was incredible. I and, tried to get in on a playthrough, and the line was too long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The whole weekend, they had War Whispers there, and then they had Everdell there. Mm-hmm. So they had some like stark looking games like it mm-hmm. was it was a very busy booth and of course uh shut up sit down came out and they reviewed war whispers and then you could no longer get it anywhere because <laughs> oh, that is like the shut up sit down effect like if they uh, yeah. rave about a game that game is going to be sold yeah. out yeah you're not going to get it for a while yeah so in war wow, that's Wh- like one of the 25 percent of games that like we both like Oh, I know. Yeah. I listen. <laughs> yeah, my views often do not align with "Shut Up, Sit Down," and that's fine. Like yeah, totally. everybody's different gonna, strokes for different. Yeah, folks, I don't man. care what if they like it. I do like watching some of their reviews, but I can only watch them in short bursts because it feels like a fever dream. Like, <laughs> like it, some, but it's entertaining. Like, yeah, it's, I, I liked the one where they did uh, with, but they did like a recipe for spicy broccoli that they were cooking during. <laughs> <laughs> that they were that they were cooking during. Yeah, those guys are it. those guys are wild. Yeah, it was very funny that's the very first video i saw on crocodile oh, was yeah. from them mm-hmm. and i was like i have to get this then i looked it up and i was like oh my god, oh my god we can't afford expensive. that yeah. <laughs> am i crazy so war whispers is a very unique game so in war whispers there's five factions on this continent we'll say mm-hmm. and they are all battling for supremacy so in war whispers you pay a, like a, a clan of behind-the-scenes spies. Yeah, you're the man behind the throne. Yeah, you yeah. don't, and you you don't you, play one of the clans. You don't nope. care who wins to a point. Yeah, yeah, you care how it all comes out in yeah. the end. Yeah. But you, you are not rooting for one specific thing necessarily, and you might not be rooting for something in the beginning that you are then rooting for Absolutely. in the end yeah. and vice versa. Mm-hmm. You can so, change alliances. You don't care. So mm-hmm. when the game starts, you get your little board, and there is five spots on your board, and you ran. You have one little disc for each of the clans. Mm-hmm. You randomly place these down, and they show you where you want these clans to finish. First, second, you you get a certain amount of points times how many cities these different clans own. Yeah. yeah. So the first one is three, three times. Second one is two times. First one or third one is one time. Fourth one is zero, zero. Mm-hmm. and the fifth one is minus one. Yeah. yeah. So there's one civilization you are going to be really rooting against. against. Yeah, you want you're definitely invested in making sure that one does the work. Yeah. yeah. Which is extra fun because you're not just trying to have one do well. 
you're actively trying to screw at least one over. Absolutely. Around this, this is a circular board, which is so cool looking. Definitely not a thing you see a lot. Yeah, no. circular board. It's cool. Mm -hmm. And above each of the uh, factions are these four seats. So there's like Chancellor, Sheriff, uh, Steward. Steward, and something Marshall, else. Maybe? Marshall, Marshall. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say Shepherd? No. <laughs> nope. Mm, I got your sheepies here. <laughs> so there's these four spots, and you have your influence over these spots. Every turn, you're going to be placing essentially two of your influence markers, and you're mm -hmm. going to be taking actions for that army. Yeah. I think they're called agents. Agents, yeah. You, yep. you dispatch an agent to that. Yeah, because you're, you're not the Chancellor, but you are speaking in the chancellor's ear. You're mm -hmm. saying like, hey, man. You're worm tongue. This whole game yeah. is us being worm tongue. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's definitely apt. Hey, hey, uh, blue people, uh, don't you think you should just abandon all your cities? Because that was my thought. <laughs> yeah. I. <laughs> hey, brown clan with yeah. the horse clan, horse whatever clan, that is. Yeah. You know what I think would be a good idea? If you that one dude just consistently kept attacking that tower <laughs> <laughs> over and over again, oh, he died. Yeah, oh, I bet he'll get it next time. Try it again. Yeah. If you place your agent on the chancellor, the very highest spot, and nobody places to the right of that, you get to take every one of those actions. Mm -hmm. If someone puts something to the right of you, you're going to take the chancellor actions, but they're going to take the other three actions. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot, like this is the biggest way to mess with somebody. Oh yeah. So the first round is pretty spread out. If you have a four player game, some people are going to get messed with like that, but everybody's going to be pretty spread out. Yeah. As the game goes along, every one of those spots is going to get filled. Mm -hmm. And by the last round, every, every spot, spot is gets filled. filled. You do this, you go in a circle, each spot has like two different things they can do, and they're all specific to that spot. So like uh, some of them you can get one guy per farm you own mm -hmm. or you can attack and it's just a or you bunch can just of put out two guys or you yeah. can pick a card of that clan because each clan has a deck of cards right. that does special actions mm -hmm. or yeah and it's just a bunch of that and you're kind of slowly manipulating the board to fit what you want the most yeah mm -hmm. you're actively like in this past game i was trying to help green Mm -hmm. I also wanted red to do pretty well. I needed brown to lose. Yeah. And I needed... Turns out we all needed brown <laughs> yeah. to lose. And I just didn't care about blue, yeah. but I wanted it to not do well because it didn't get me points. So yep. therefore, any mm -hmm. points it got was a point someone else got and not me. Yeah. Yeah. So you go around the board and you you everybody's doing their actions and you're kind of watching to see like, hmm. Trying oh. to figure out, okay, yeah. is, this guy, is this guy actually like wanting brown to do good? Exactly. Is this a feint? Because or is it, this like... Exactly. Because your, your plans could align with someone else's. Oh, yeah. Because you don't know. No. And Mark and I, at the end of that game, Mark turns out Mark and I had the exact same board yeah. set up. Yeah. So we weren't work we weren't purposely working together, but it just turns out we were working together <laughs> yeah. for the same means. Mm -hmm. So it goes around the board, and then at the, the end of the round, you can make the switch. This is the big other thing in the game. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So if the game is not going to your plan. Like, sometimes you look around and go, okay, I see, like, three people are trying to make yellow do well. Yeah, mm -hmm. I can't fight against I'm going to lose a point yeah, for every during, point yellow gets. During our first game, I think, like, blue was my number one slot, and you guys must have had it, like, way down there, yeah. because <laughs> it was it was pretty clear things weren't going well for blue, and yep. I was like, I don't need to be supporting blue anymore. <laughs> so, during the switch phase, you can switch spots of two of the people you want to to do better or to worse. The caveat with that is you have to turn those face up. Yes. So at the beginning of the game and during the game, they're all face down. Just private knowledge. Yeah. Only you know. And it's a thing you check, I don't know, every 30 seconds. Because <laughs> you can never remember yeah. what you yeah. Anytime <laughs> anybody does anything, you go, hmm. And you flip over all five of your things so yeah. that you could see. Yeah, just to see how you feel about yeah. it. <laughs> so you could switch. And the last game we all switched because it's just, it's a thing that you probably it's, should do. Oh yeah, it's hard not to. But then now you're 
are making that public knowledge. Yeah. Everyone can look at your board and go, oh, I see he, he's going to lose points if this guy yeah. does well. Mm-hmm. So you could start purposely going after that. Oh, yeah. And so uh, then the, the round starts over. With the new round, you pick up one of your agents that is already on the board, and then you take another one from your pool, and now you're placing two more agents. Mm-hmm. So one agent will stay on the board, and then you're going to place two more. So at the end of the – when it's time to take your turn, you're going to have now three agents on the board. And you just keep doing that for four rounds. There's only four rounds mm-hmm. in the game. And the only difference between the fourth round and every other round is you can't make a switch in the fourth round. Yep, third round. you got to make sure third round, all, bets are in, are, all bets are placed. Yep, like, you can make three switches throughout the game. Yep. But after that, like, yeah, fourth round wouldn't be very fair because the board is set. Oh, like, yeah. That the board is, is super it is set. what it is. Well, and so it makes the fourth round super nail bitey mm-hmm. because not only are you going to have less actions to a point because, like, every slot is filled. So yeah. you're basically going to have your, like, five actions or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then on top of that, like, this is it. And whatever you're, you're already set up to uh, go after, like, you gotta go after it as hard as you can. So, mm-hmm. like, you're playing all these powerful cards you've gathered during the whole game, and you're like trying to look around the board, see who to screw and who to how to help yourself. And- mm-hmm. it, it's so interesting because, like, if someone attacks something, like, you don't really care because it's not you. Yeah, it definitely removes you from the initial like, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, like, there's feeling like of the game. there's not a lot of there. Certainly is like a take that, but it's not to the other players. It's to those armies. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like, if we're playing an actual area control game. And Dave attacks my army, and I'm I'm just like, dang it, like that sucks. But like, in, you can see I'm already losing. Why yeah. don't you attack Mark's army? Right, but mm-hmm. in this game, I'm like, who cares? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, like your your allegiance to that clan is like very. It's so fleeting. Is because exactly. you because you could change at any time. Yeah. Like it just happened. We all had brown really low. Yeah. So no one wanted brown to do good. And so with the very first round, I put a guy in brown because I. Because it was my last spot. So I said, I'm, well, I'm going to make sure Brown doesn't go. And then no one did anything with it. So we all kind of just ignored Brown the whole game. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like some tussling between yellow and green. And like if people have like green in the top slot, but Dave has yellow in the top slot, that's when you're going to get that friction. Yeah. And you're just like, mm-hmm. oh, what the heck? But then you'll see other people like Mark has green in the top spot. Then Dave's going to be like, oh, crap, I can't beat them both like, yeah. This. yeah yeah and that's what i was saying like i think the this these games tend to be very close because like i think both of the game like all of the games that we've played yeah were like really like knotted up well and, and that's because like if you are breaking out like if like you want specifically yellow to do good mm-hmm. chances are dan and i don't want them to do as good as you do yeah, yeah most likely like, so um, if you do get ahead of us in that way like we're basically like we have other ways of catching up right to your score and we've also found this game to be pretty tight on ending scoring and in fact this last game three-way tie yeah and it, it was broken by the third tiebreaker yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it was it was really close so i think i won the first game we played but it was still like it there was no runaway no yeah. not i don't at know all. how yeah. you would be a runaway victor in this game because everybody sees what's happening and like it's yeah. there alliances to a point yeah yeah it's mm-hmm. there you can then you can rig your score to be a better score because yeah. you see what's happening like knowing when to put up resistance to what's happening and yeah. knowing when to just kind of like okay i'm just gonna go with the flow and then on the third turn i'll just swap my lines because we're we already right. know how red's doing well so. and that is such an interesting mechanic because what that means is you start playing for your second now mm-hmm. yeah because you go okay well i'm gonna switch my first place alliance because i see that that's gonna have the most points Mm -hmm. but that means i'm probably gonna tie everyone on that score because we're all gonna have that as our top so that means i actually need to work the hardest to have my second place score Mm -hmm. a lot of points because that is what's gonna allow me to overtake the other guys yeah 
And it's that first round, I think, is the most interesting because nobody knows anything. Yeah. And yeah. like you have to mix like, OK, I want to set these guys up for good, but I also want to make sure I'm not losing points. So you're kind of like and you only have two guys. Yeah. So you're just like uh, and there's five armies. To, yeah. And to then get. you're like you're kind of like taking the temperature around the bo- around the table. Right. And being like, OK, well, I think I know what Dave's goal is. I think Dave is trying to get red like well established. But do I want him to know that I'm also interested in red doing yeah. good or do I faint by doing something with another army, like building up a bunch of blue for no? reason yeah like i had green as my top and i never touched green yeah. that's what was, you and rory yeah kept spending the whole game just marching See, green I, around the board i was I, like dope i had green as my high too so when like green just spreading across the board and i'm like who cares like this <laughs> yeah, is great this is, yeah, yeah, great. This yeah. is perfect and, i'm gonna make sure brown stays down well, yeah. so then it. you get to a point where i was like okay well red's my second so what i really want to do is allow green to do its thing as long as it doesn't mess with red right because mm-hmm. i need red to be really be in second place when it comes to total points because that will help me the most and so like you have so many different goals in this game and then you're constantly watching what everyone else is doing it's just a well-designed game it It is is so smart it's so fun we've played three player and four player and i much prefer four player it's a tighter game for sure Mm -hmm. but both were fun there's like no downtime because there's No. no you don't have a turn per se like, because all your your agents are on the board, so they're intermixed everywhere, and you're just going around the board, and uh, everybody's turns are all over the place. You could have like three turns in yeah. a row, and then not have another turn the rest of that round. It's just it's so interesting. For as strategically heavy as it is, like it's it's a very short game, and it's I shockingly short. didn't have a problem plotting. No. And normally with these games, like I have trouble planning to a point. Like yes. you can only plan so much. Yes, and you in do. This game, you for sure. Mark. Yep. <laughs> but for the in this game, for some reason, like it just it makes sense because it's because so you, much. Because the game gives you your goal. Yes. So you don't have to come up with your goal. The game tells you this is what you should be doing. And you're like, okay, <laughs> okay, let's make I, it happen. I can do that. <laughs> you should see green in cities and then red in cities yeah. and then yellow in cities, but not blue in <laughs> cities and don't definitely like not brown. Blue. Yeah. <laughs> see, that's why I I think at one point. I had blue as my second in that second game. I had blue blue as my second. And like Dave and Mark are just purposely killing off blue. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I am just I, I was like, I'm just wasting guys yeah, trying to do yeah. anything with blue at this point. Every time you'd go to blue and you'd be like, I'm gonna put a guy here and here, and then I'd be like, and that guy's gonna run into this tower yeah, yeah. and die. <laughs> this guy will attack these five other guys. Yeah. Dang it. Yeah, like I said, knowing when to like try to resist versus knowing kind of when to just be like, okay, it's happening. Yeah. Like, there's absolutely nothing I can do about it. I think it was enough two... people invested around the table in this. Yeah. Happened, I think it was so. two rounds before I was like, I have to make this switch. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. this is just silly. Like, I can't yeah. beat my head against this anymore. You are the one who basically learned all the rules, right? I so did. What, what did you think of the rule book? So the rule book is my biggest issue. It's not the worst rule book I've ever read, mm-hmm. but there are certain things where it just kind of alludes to something, but in a weird spot. Mm. So like when it, it, the very first time we started playing, we just thought you had like eight dudes or whatever to put on the map. So yeah. we just have a million turns. Well, under two players, under the two player rules, that's where it says, if you're playing two players, you start the game with three instead of two. It's like, oh my god, that's where they tell you you start with two uh, yeah. under the two-player rules. <laughs> but it doesn't say it anywhere. I couldn't else. find it anywhere else, and maybe I'm wrong, but like, it, I just couldn't find it. Yeah, I remember that was an issue um, as far as like just telling how many dudes three. How's, the, how's you, this work? Yeah, but once you and, your microphone a little and bit then out. once you get it, it's there like you go, okay, you get you were placing two guys every round, but at the beginning of the round, you're picking a guy up. And then it works out. Four players ends up every spot's filled by the end. But it was just like a little frustrating. Yeah, I could see that. But everything yeah. else, like when it's talking about com- combat, so easy. It's oh, just yeah. it's one for one. 
if the guys walk into a place with a tower, the tower automatically kills one guy, and you always have to leave a guy behind mm-hmm. wherever you left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Unless that's com- there's just one guy there, and you can still march him out. Yeah. 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 So Which is how a lot of blue died. You can, <laughs> you can, well, you can march a guy, you can march a guy out, but you can't attack with him. You can't attack with a single guy because yeah. there always has to be one left behind. So you could, but you can move him to a different territory. Yeah, like Just if like, he's sitting on that city and gonna give a point to someone. See you later, buddy. Gotta get it. Uh, maybe you maybe should, you should like, check that farm. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what's up Just with that see, farm? Just take a look at that farm. It's it's pretty cool out there. I'm already. sure the castle will be fine. Yeah. But what's up with that farm, dude? I heard they make cheese there. <laughs> Great. So, but it's a lot of that where you just see someone do some nonsense like that, and you're like, oh, yeah. okay. Like, yeah. Clearly, they don't want that <laughs> the, to win. This I would dude. say the only other thing that was a bit of a hiccup with this game was the coloring scheme on oh, the board a little yeah. bit. Um, yeah. There's the color. That they chose for red is so similar to the so color both that brown they chose and for brown. Yellow. Yeah, yeah, that it's it's a little hard to figure out. Okay, and especially this is Brown's territory. This is red. Yeah, this, specifically on the board, yeah. like the little guys, the little plastic guys that come with it. If you get the collector's edition, they're noticeable. But on the board itself, it's just like which one's brown and which yeah. one's like, red. Because the red they chose is like a really like dirty, rusted. Yeah, it's like more of a rust color. Yeah, and there's so many colors. Yeah, there's so <laughs> many colors. Like because I think the first game we're like we literally put all of the brown banners yeah in the red and we're like well where does red spawn do they come yeah, in later How because the there's there? one army that doesn't start on the board like it's, brown, it's doesn't, brown, the brown horse doesn't people, start on the because they're nomads the, yeah they're just yeah. going wild or in our case not involved yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or in our case they continue to not be on the yeah. board yeah it's just a couple little things like that the components themselves are awesome mm-hmm. again we have the collector's edition but i don't know if there's this is just like everdell where i don't know if you can buy a not collector's edition yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah, it comes with like these little plastic guys sitting in thrones and those are your little agents Mm -hmm. there's a coin that's the first player marker that we didn't really use because it's not it doesn't really come into play yeah the first player marker only matters because you're going to be placing your guy first that round but like there's only four rounds so everybody's going to be placing first at one point and the art was really cool like it's it's like kind of grim and it definitely has like that whole like battle worn the cards too like all the cards are specific for each army and each army is very specific like there's the horsemen mm-hmm. and there's the guys from the north and like the, the lion yeah. people and the so each card's very specific and the art on it is has to do with specifically that clan yeah. so it's really cool and like mark said it's like really graphic and dark and then each card has three different powers you can use but mm-hmm. you have to spend extra cards with the symbols on the card mm-hmm. to do it and sometimes that means you'll have to spend a card from a different clan with yeah. it which is i thought was really interesting yeah so plan take some planning yeah. or just do the top thing yeah i'll just do this oh that's the other thing too is each each clan has its own special events that happen in their deck where if you draw it's like okay oh an assassination attempt happened in red so you lose all of the dudes yeah which is fine you're like mm -hmm. okay yeah and then brown (laughs) you gather all of the horses to one area yeah and then in that case you're like no i don't like that oh i don't like that one (laughs) (laughs) you guys gotta go in the ocean (laughs) i choose ocean yeah very cool um mark tell us about war of whispers war of whispers was published in 2019 by our friends at starling games uh they did everdale huge yep, hit fantastic. check our episodes. game of the year game of the year i hear according to the randys it won <laughs> according to our randys <laughs> game of the year. uh check our episodes 33 34 and 36 for all of that really yeah we did like we, yeah I think oh, because there's so many expansions. Yeah, there's a bunch of expansions yeah we covered all the expansions too that checks out uh it was designed by jeremy stoltzfus who did villainous vikings it sounds fun. I want to play it. Vi- I, I mean, love we like, Viking. We game. like villains yeah. and Vikings. I do. I like both those, those things. And the art was done by Tomasz Jedrzejczyk, 
who did Preto Porte. Oh my god! Uh, check out episode oh, twenty-one of Fashion me. Fashion Truckers. Didn't tell, you two give that a ten? Well, yeah, we gave that a ten. I love that game. <laughs> ten. And uh, additional art was done by Dan May, who did Black Orchestra. Check episode hey, eighteen. Black Orchestra did another, like that game too. Gave that, you and I gave that one a Black Orchestra a nine out of yeah. ten. Preto Porte. Mm. What a game. Mm, that's <laughs> what a game. What, what a, a fashion what a, game. What a game. What an odd selection Pret-a-Porte was because it's like, a fa- like okay, sell me a fashion game. And then they did. And I'm like, oh, my God, I love this game. <laughs> well, you know, we talked about it. And, like, I saw Pret-a-Porte for the first time at PAX. Yeah. And I was like, I would buy this, but I'm sure you guys would make fun of me. So maybe I'll just, like, order then it, it turns online. out. And then Dan's like, I got this game called I'm Pret-a-Porte. On. And I was like, the fashion game? Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on board for that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's rank War of Whispers on a scale of 1 to 10. Not using number 7. How many horse whispers would you give <laughs> War of Whispers? Dan, start with me. I'm going to give it 9. Okay. It's close to a ten though because it's so unique and it's so and it's fast. It mm-hmm. does mechanics that I've never seen before. That's it the thing. somehow took an area control game yeah. and then introduced a brand new way to play and, an area control and game. And I don't love area control games. They're not one of my favorite genres. Mm-hmm. But this one's so unique. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about area control games. I get so annoyed when people attack me. I get so annoyed when people play the game against me. <laughs> <laughs> That, when they compete. Yeah, uh, they're trying to win. Yeah. So, but this kind of takes all that away. Like, I have no anxiety if you attack something that I just built. I'm just like, yeah, who cares? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. just gonna change yeah. my allegiance to like, that thing. Yeah, anyway. I didn't even want those guys to do <laughs> yeah. good. This is all very temporary. Yeah. yeah, like it's it definitely is more of a it's a bigger deal. Like as the game gets towards the end, for and sure, you start to run out of time to swap for sure alliances. But. Uh, yeah, and that's the thing that it builds good anticipation and, and builds up that mm-hmm. just. Uh, like high crescendo ending uh, where some games like get towards the end. It's like, Oh, clearly like Mark's going to win this game. Yeah, And at the end of this game, you're like, let's do math because this is anyone's game. Because I don't know what three of your armies are doing. (laughs) (laughs) And then on top of that, like we said, like this last game, we had a three way tie. The winner was decided by the second tiebreaker, not even the first tiebreaker. So yeah. Yeah, So the, my, again, my biggest knocks are the color, especially the color and some iffy things in the rule book are my biggest complaints, but the gameplay is, is phenomenal. So I'm going to give it a nine. Uh, Mark, uh, one to ten, not using the number seven. How many horse whispers would you give this game? I'd give this thing probably like nine whispers. Yeah, nine, nine whispers. Nine. I liked. I like this game a whole lot. It's, yeah, it's like I you guys said, it. it does a whole bunch of stuff that you don't really see in area control. Where again, you're not directly influencing the areas being controlled, but you are like getting things set up and yeah. like scheming. And there's a little bit of backstabbing there, and like trying and to figure out quick. Yeah, it's, it's amazing so fast. how fast mm-hmm. it is. And that you can pack this much like excitement and psychology because you're not really playing. You, you're playing the game, but you're also trying to figure out what the, the other people around your table <laughs> yeah, are doing. Yeah, that's like a lot of yeah. this yeah. game is you're looking playing, around. You're playing a whodunit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's, Who killed it's, those blue? <laughs> and I got to be honest, it's totally delightful when you just are accidentally aligned with somebody. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Because when I like, realized that you had the same number one, I was like, well, Mark and I are onto something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is great. I mean, it becomes pretty apparent. Uh, again, the, are the differences between the first game that we played and the last game that we played, like the first game, we it was a lot more tugging about, yeah. like, okay, well, I really want Red to do good, and Dave's like, mm, no, Red's not I doing don't good. Care yeah, for that. I don't like that. Yeah, and whereas this one, like a lot of us were accidentally aligned just yeah. for the way that it was drawn out, which it's is random draw, which yep. is also it made it for a whole different game experience. Because mm-hmm. yeah, then you don't like, what well, am I getting played here? Like, what's <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like is he a, does he have some card that just kills all the green? Like he's gonna build them up then just kill them all? Like yeah. I don't understand what's happening. Yeah, I think I'm getting played. I don't, I don't. 
don't get it. I yeah. might not get this yeah, game. So give me a nine. This, this game is really cool if you guys have a chance to try it. Uh, Dave, yeah. War of Whispers, one to ten, not using the number seven. How many horse whispers would you give War of Whispers? You know, if we had uh, ranked this after our three-player game, I would have said eight. But yeah. after our four-player game, nine. Yeah, for sure. Like, I, mm-hmm. I will say, it's and it's not that it was bad at all with three players, but like the talk of war was so much better better with yeah. four the back and forth the trying to figure out what the heck you guys are doing and every space being filled by an agent mm-hmm. in the end is awesome so i i definitely really enjoyed this game a lot yeah that's it that's war yeah, whispers that's a, yeah. that's a sweep of nines yeah again that uh, fully honest with that game was sent to us for free as a review copy uh but if it was crappy i'd tell you it was yeah. crappy. yeah the problem is is that people keep sending us good games to review oh, like, shocking yeah. shockingly well, i think like we've talked about there is a certain amount of bias on this podcast because we generally get like games, games we yeah. want to play. Yeah, I'm and not so, buying crappy games. Exactly. So therefore, we will generally like. But if someone more. accidentally sells us a crappy game, we're gonna let you go. It's we, no, I, I don't like this game. It's no nightmares. What was that game? Something oh, nightmares. Six sided nightmares. Uh, uh, lucidity. Was six, that was a real nightmares. garbage game. <laughs> yeah. And no, oddly enough, no one entered our contest. Nobody to win wanted that game. That game. <laughs> I, don't, I just don't believe. I don't it. know why. After we trashed it for yeah. an hour. Yeah. Like, by the way, it still stands. Like, if you want a copy of Lucidity, Six sided nightmares. Played by us. That's got our grubby <laughs> mitts all over it. Yeah, unwashed hands. Yeah, just it's probably like a, rife with COVID. It's yeah. a sticky version of a terrible game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just uh, just write in with a question. If you want, you can request us to play that game again while eating Rice Krispie treats. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and covered in blueberry jam. Yeah. <laughs> we will send it oh, right so over sticky. to you. <laughs> uh, are you sending food across state lines? Like, not technically. <laughs> It's a game. Sort of. It's a game. But I am sending ants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's all our board games we're going to review today. So let's move on to our talking. Uh, Mark writes all these up on his own. He's such a big boy. I'm a boy. Mm-hmm. And then we just tear it apart. <laughs> yeah, and then we poke holes in it. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, it's good to have goals. <laughs> I know I have a goal. Yeah. Mark goals and Mark's hardware. My goal is to ask a question that Mark doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, the first time it was embarrassing, but I got used to it real quick. I think we're at 100% too. Oh my yeah. God, He's never not, gotten through one. It's not yeah. hard. <laughs> uh, so, Mark, what is your topic for this week? Well, it's not, tonight's topic is a little topic that I'm calling, and I, for one, welcome our new corporate overlords. I'd like to remind them that as a trusted podcast personality, I can be helpful in rounding up others to toil in their underground profit cubicles. <laughs> is it Hasbro it's again? Off- <laughs> it's awfully wordy title. I know, it's, it's very wordy. I thought you'd get a kick out and of it. No yeah, <laughs> and no colon. No colon. Why is no colon? colon? Lots, of, uh, lots of other punctuation marks. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> what I want is one huge long sentence for my title. Yeah, anything. yeah, it's good. Uh, oh, I hold on. I forgot the bottom line here. Another glorious day in the core. <laughs> Yeah, colon, another glorious day. Okay, sorry. That's how I felt about the ring. That's embarrassing. All right, so so a few months ago, we had talked about Hasbro's acquisition of Entertainment One. I thought we weren't talking about Hasbro. Well, I'm setting the scene. I'm setting the scene for you. Remember when I asked at the start of the show how many times Hasbro would be mentioned? And I said three. (laughs) And I said, I said twice. It's going to get mentioned twice. We're at three. What do you mean we're at three? Mark, they're going to have to get a restraining order against you. I know. I'm coming at them like a junkyard dog. Oh, the junkyard. Dog. Yeah, that's me. That's my uh, investigative journalism nickname. Oh, I'm the junkyard. <laughs> yeah, Let me tell turn you in. something, brother. <laughs> turn into WRDE every night at nine. The junkyard dog takes a bite out of corruption. Takes a bite out of Hasbro. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the junkyard dog is an animal you can get in Dungeon Pets, a great game we'll one day review. Um, I don't know, I don't know what you're is. talking about. That doesn't sound like a game. One day. <laughs> We're do- no, we don't talk about Dungeon Pets. <laughs> Stop. Stop over there. <laughs> Fight Club? <laughs> 
All right, so we had talked about Hasbro's acquisition of Entertainment One and Death Row Records, right? Yeah, Death Row. Totally cool. Yeah. So tonight's <laughs> sure. topic also starts with like ties to the music industry. Oh, Death Row Records? Very weird, right? So I was listening to a podcast called Your Favorite Band Sucks, and they were discussing something that I've kind of been like thinking about for a while. Is it that all of your favorite bands suck? Oh, yeah. They definitely talked about Coheed and Cambria. That's your favorite <laughs> band? <laughs> yeah, I think Is so. Is it really? Yeah, as far as like rock band? Yeah, I, I have think a so. vintage Coheed and Cambria t-shirt. Oh, do you? Mm-hmm. Oh, from what year? It's based off the tag. 2000, <laughs> okay. 2000 maybe. Oh, yeah, that sounds about right. That's a second stage turbine. Oh, who cares, Mark? <laughs> I'm more of a... <laughs> who cares? I'm more of a Philharmonic Orchestra guy. So okay. Yeah, that makes does sense. Does that band suck? That, yeah, it also sucks. <laughs> yeah, it also... Yeah. <laughs> yes, Dave. Yes, yeah, so if it's your favorite band, it sucks. It's taking a title. lot of NPR play, though, so... So they were discussing uh, a lot of, like, the common threads that I keep seeing in the music industry and the board game industry. Those things have, like, a lot of common. Like, Is it alcoholism? It's alcoholism. Drug use? Drug use. Okay. Yeah. Money. Keep going. Greed. Greed. Greed, Greed I oh, meant. Oh, Creed. <laughs> LeBand. Can you take me higher? <laughs> yeah. That's, is that Creed? Uh, sure. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I'm not, willing, I'm not willing to look up the Creed song. <laughs> There's like niche markets. There's like a lot of fandoms for certain designers or artists, right. you know, IP. And, um, there's like a complicated system of licensing and publishing that goes on. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Have you guys ever heard of a company called Hypnosis? Nope. No, not a lot of people. I have, have heard of Hypnosis. Before. I have as well. I yeah. heard about it in Zoolander. <laughs> <laughs> it's my whole reference point for hypnosis. Why Very good. Dead on. <laughs> yeah. So hypnosis uh, is spelled H-I-P-G-N-O-S-I-S. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. It's very Silicon Valley. It's very hip. The Hypnosis Music Fund is a publicly traded company in London, and uh, mm-hmm. it's run by this guy named Merck Mercuridus. Mercuridus. Sure. We'll call him Merck because Merck Mercuridus. He sounds yeah. like he he sounds like he runs some sort of a gladiatorial school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> House Mercuridus. Oh man. Doesn't it though? Yeah. He's well. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. We played Sardicus this week. It was oh yeah. And amazing. I, well, I'd like to point out. Oh my God. Yeah. Book us. But you could write a whole book about. Yeah. This. I stood on the balcony of my apartment and I was like, I won Spartacus. <laughs> I am Spartacus. <laughs> Great. Did you just shout like Lewis shall I begin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very good. This guy, Merck, is the manager for Nile Rogers of Chic. Nile Rogers yeah. of what's Chic? It's a funk band from the seventies. Okay. Sure it is. Nile Rogers also played the guitar on Get Lucky by Daft Punk. All right. I don't know. Do you get any of this, Dave? She could describe my fashion sense, but other than that, I, I'm not getting any of it. Quite well, aptly. I well, some have. of some of this is making sense for somebody out there. I just know. It. I but hope. anyway, so since hypnosis started publicly trading in 2018, it spent 1.7 billion dollars on acquiring the exclusive publishing rights for 57,000 of famous artists' best known work. 1.7 billion for how many artists? For fifty-seven thousand songs of famous artists, anything best work. I've heard. Oh yeah, uh, some yeah, people. Of these fifty-seven thousand. Because so far, because so far, <laughs> the track record of what I've heard of is not good. Yeah. So, uh, Hypnosis basically owns the exclusive publishing catalog for uh, artists like Barry Manilow. Okay, I've heard uh, of him. Stevie Nicks. Um, All right. Uh, Jack Antonoff, who did uh, like uh, who wrote like Greenlight by Lord and We Are Young by Fun. Like way back, but he was like huge back for a little bit. Okay. Uh, Journey. Oh, I'm familiar. Yep. Mark Ronson. Oh, hello. Uh, Shakira. Oh. Shakira, Shakira. And most surprisingly, the RZA. <laughs> the RZA? The RZA, really? yep. Man, the RZA doesn't have his own stuff. I want a Barry Manilow the RZA tour. That's, that's 
That's really the mashup I need in my well, life. Well, I know who you can email to make this happen. Yeah, yeah, I know a guy. <laughs> Good luck spelling his last name. It's, <laughs> it's long in Greek. With the full or partial rights to hundreds of classic tracks, Hypnosis is slowly requiring an absolutely like killer catalog based primarily on the theory that if you offer musicians like an absurd amount of money up front, they will sign over all of the rights to their music. Oh, they yeah. don't have a long-term plan, the, no. the artist? So, for example, um, they talked a lot about how Bob Dylan signed over his catalog to Universal, and he sold his entire catalog for $600 million. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, that, dude, that, I would sell yeah, I was anything say, for $600 that's million. That's pretty hard to turn down. Yeah. But so, what was it, what's it worth in the long run? Right, and that's that's the theory. I is don't that, care. $600 million, I'll be like dead pl- long <laughs> before yeah. I care. Seems like plenty. Yeah. So a lot of that's like based on this idea of like, oh, we will give you X amount of years worth that your catalog will be making up front, and then it will take us theoretically that much time to recoup that's, that cost. That's like if you win the Powerball. Yeah. Like you want it up front or technically you'd make more money if you took it over 20 years. Yeah. Like, well, who, who knows what's going to happen in 20 years? Yeah, I could be dead tomorrow. Yeah. I'd like so, to be excited today. And that's I the, be that's rich the one interesting day. thing about hypnosis is like the industry standard. Like if you're doing this, if you're just paying somebody for their catalog, the industry rate is like nine to 13 years of revenue that that catalog would make. And then you just give them to that up front. And then you just reap the benefits. Yeah. You have to have a lot of capital to start this yeah, kind of nonsense. Absolutely. Stuff. Which explains why Hypnosis has spent $1.7 billion. Sure. Dollars. Yeah. Like, where did like, they get $1.7 billion? They have a, a lot printing of in, press. Lot of, yeah, they have a lot of investment. like uh, Credit cards, Dave. <laughs> a lot of, <laughs> lot of investors. A lot of shroot bucks. Because <laughs> what they're planning on is like, we can offer you like a 22-year multiple on your catalog, yeah. which is like nobody ever spends that. So I guess in normal industry standards... It's one person is in charge of like twenty to twenty five thousand songs, and their job is to market those songs. Ah, so and they're so out hypnosis, there trying to be like, "Hey, man, you should put this in the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie." Exactly. Gotcha. So hypnosis is saying we want to assign five thousand songs to one person, and we're going to wring every single cent out of those songs. Yeah. So they're saying like, "We're going to give you this money up front, and then whatever it makes after this, it's ours." Yeah. And then they're pushing that song like crazy. Yeah. Who's calling for these Shakira songs? That's what I'm saying. I mean, I like She-Wolf as much as the next guy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so the thought is, is that if they if they just bet heavy on established IP mm-hmm. and artists, then they don't have to invest money into new stuff. I wonder how much money it costs okay. for like a grocery store, you know, that's playing oh, hits play. from the 90s and early 2000s. That's playing, yeah. that's playing Shakira. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's for Shakira's grocery how, store. How much is Kroger paying for Shakira <laughs> for the rights to play Waka Waka for the world? <laughs> <laughs> but like, if you think about it, there's what, like seven or eight grocery stores right around us? Yeah. yeah. And if every one of them is paying a dollar a year yeah, for I can't each of those songs. The amount of times like I've been shopping and I've heard Africa by Toto. Yeah. Okay. Agreed, yeah. yeah. Like, so somebody's getting paid for that. It ain't Toto. Ain't Toto. It's not me either. <laughs> it's not me or Toto. So I've narrowed that down. <laughs> right. So this type of like corporate acquisition like isn't new. It's been going on for a long time. And you can kind of trace to me. it. Oh, it's new to you. <laughs> it's new to me. <laughs> so you can kind of trace it back all the way to 1996. And it was signed into law. Uh, it was the Telecommunications Act of 1996. It was signed into law by noted blue dress enthusiast William Jefferson Clinton. Mm, oh yeah, William Clinton, old William Clinton. How much is his saxophone records worth? Uh, probably a lot. I bet you could sell some saxophone records for a president. Kenny G made a whole living off mm-hmm. of it. Yep, and he, is, he got a board game. 
So, he sure did. <laughs> That's very true. Keeping it sexy. So the thought was is that if you deregulated a whole bunch of stuff, you'd have a lot of new competitors coming into the market. Oddly enough, that's not what happened at all. Like, yeah, that seems right. <laughs> what happened is is that the people who had money could then afford and were allowed to start buying up other properties. Do you mean that a lack of regulation always leads to a monopoly by the rich? I mean, what? I am shocked I, for one. I'm so curious who said that deregulating was going to be a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> was it the uber rich? <laughs> right. Because that seems like who it's always. Yeah. So without that law, like you never have the opportunity for Hasbro to own Death Row Records. Right. Thank um, God. Because, I mean, <laughs> records at that point can own TV shows, like cable networks own movie studios. And then like you end up with like these situations where like Disney, they own literally everything. Yeah. yeah. They're on the way to owning the world. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I still send them like 12 bucks a month for Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's like, all right, fine. All right. Uh, whatever. You're, you're going to get it from me somehow. <laughs> Might as well just give it to you. I mean, I just want to watch the Falcon and Winter Soldier, I guess. <laughs> I need some WandaVision. <laughs> this sort of consolidation is like one of the most worrying trends of like our modern day culture, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. in my opinion. Like, sure. Where you have like seven people own everything. Yeah. Like you have all yeah, these big fish that are constantly eating up the little fish, you know. Um, for example, this, like in the radio industry, Dave, this is like pertinent for you. Mm -hmm. Like within five years of the TCA's signing, the number of independent radio owners dropped from 5,100 to 3,800. Mm -hmm. so, it's lower now. Yeah. Uh, of those, the largest of these, like iHeartRadio, they own 850 studios across the U.S. <laughs> and they've like recently started branching into podcast markets. Yep. Yeah, so, we're on iHeartRadio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I'm looking forward to being bought out by iHeartRadio. Oh, my God. I that'd be a dream. Yeah. $600 million, please. <laughs> yeah, please. I'll yeah. give you our whole catalog. You do whatever you want yeah, with yeah. it. I will take $52 in a full-time job, please. Yeah, we probably have some really bad recordings that we made over quarantine <laughs> yeah. if you want those. Yeah. You may have find yourself asking Mark. you may find yourself <laughs> you hey. may ask yourself <laughs> living you know. yeah oh yeah. talking, talking heads, heads man. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> talking heads probably owned by uh, <laughs> hypnosis yeah, who owns the talking heads david so, burns a wild animal yeah he's, he, i don't think you could convince david burn to sell I don't know. His catalog. All you have to do is chuck him another mountain of cocaine. And David, <laughs> David Byrne last year had one of the best SNL performances I've ever seen. That's great. It was unbelievable. Great. I was like, this I dude's amazing Byrne. still. So quick sidebar. Did you hear? Uh, so had you ever talked to uh, Dan Doherty, official pharmacist of the Random Problem? I know that. <laughs> I know that he loves David. Uh, loves David talking Byrne. heads. He met David Byrne's sister in a bar in Baltimore. That's weird. I know, right? I was, was like, she? How did that come up? It, was she in the band? No, uh, I don't think so. I think he just was at a bar because they started like... talking to a stranger, which is what he does. <laughs> yeah, she mentioned her brother who non does music nonchalantly. Yeah, <laughs> dropped her brother's name. She's like, oh yeah, my brother does music, and he's like, well, what does he do? She's like, oh, you probably haven't heard of him. And he's like, well, sure, and <laughs> you she's like, haven't heard of the wildly was... popular talking. <laughs> this is like this was like in the seventies. Oh okay, and so she was like, oh yeah, uh, my brother's David Byrne. He did like the classic double take. Yeah. What? What? <laughs> what? He should have married her. Ditched Barb, married David Byrne's sister. Listen, I don't want to say. Was she about running it. around the bar in circles, sweating and doing cocaine? Because <laughs> I don't believe she's really his sister. Yeah. Was she That's... dancing, holding one lamp? Uh, no, I don't know how any of that worked out, but I do know that she was wearing a very large suit. <laughs> just the biggest shoulders. Yeah, just the biggest shoulders you've ever seen. Well, welcome to David Byrne talk. Welcome to the burn side. Ooh, burn notice. <laughs> Welcome to burn notice. Aww. David Burn talk 24-7. Yeah, I love it. Uh, you may find yourself living in a shotgun shack and asking, what does any of this have to do with board games? 
And I am asking that. Yeah. The the thing that this has to do with board games is our favorite hobby isn't immune to any of those trends. Agreed. Oh, yeah, I know yeah. that. <laughs> with what I've learned of a lot of the bad guys of board game history, it's made me very angry. Okay, so here comes your second Hasbro mention. What is the largest Death Row. board game company on the planet? Is it, ha- <laughs> is is it, it Hasbro? Hasbro? It's Hasbro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is this a trick question? <laughs> they have like this long history of buying up other IP and properties. I and mean, cheating you look people at, out of money. Mm-hmm. And, no, we, yeah. We're not getting into Lying that. about this histories. Is, this, yeah. is, this isn't an episode about Hasbro. Okay. Think about like Wizards of the Coast. Is this and like Parker good Brothers. guys of board game history? This is like a neutral guys of board game <laughs> history. <laughs> this is a meh guys of yeah, board game history. Like, this is like... Uh, it's Ha- this is like it's happening this is a chaotic history. neutral guy yeah. of board game history if i asked you to name the number two board game company milton bradley what would you say yeah probably milton, milton bradley. bradley Milton bradley i think is owned by park or hasbro oh then parker oh, brothers. then parker brothers hasbro seriously oh, <laughs> is it fantasy Crazy. flight <laughs> it is not fantasy flight am i close with that you are in the oh, ballpark. Oh, it's whoever owns Fantasy Flight. Uh, Asmodee? As, yeah, Asmodee. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They are the number two uh, board game. They uh, bought up a bunch of people. They bought mm-hmm. up a ton of people. And that's kind of what we're going to be talking about tonight. Let's kind of examine the history of Asmodee games. We have to go all the way to Guillaume France. Oh, hello. That was a good pronunciation. Oh, thank you. I, I was <laughs> taken aback. I've been practicing. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> In the mirror all afternoon long. <laughs> oh, 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 we do board game. Guillaume Cole. Oh. The trick is you get that you get that tongue in that soft palate, you can make anything happen. Oh, man. I don't care for that. <laughs> yeah, that is an unfortunate way to put yeah, that. <laughs> so Asmodee Games is the brainchild of a military, a French military veteran named Marc Nunet. Oh, we do not fight a war. <laughs> I blow up the bridge. <laughs> we make the game. Uh, Nunet was, uh, he became interested in games during his early years attending uh, Lycée Marie Curie. Oh, in... Marc's on fire tonight. Love it, France. right? Uh, Didn't don't she worry. die of radiation poisoning? Yeah, it's unfortunate. Then they a whole yeah. bunch of high schools in France after her. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> she did some world-changing work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so he basically got into board gaming while he was like, in high school quote with a bunch of friends we got bored in class and we waited for evenings and weekends to escape into endless role-playing games oh that yeah. sounds like my normal yeah. life except yeah. switch class for work and i i live that life switch class for life yeah <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't find out which games were his favorite but like he seemed to play what just... year was this uh, uh give me a... okay it's a little sketchy because he graduated i think in 84 oh so he's probably playing D. Yeah, oh, so I he's had... satanic panicking it up yeah, yeah. i had to like do Not some France, i had to do some, like i could be wrong because a lot of this is like independent research you're going to find this hard to believe like it's very hard to find biographies for board game dudes so you don't say <laughs> I, I did some like facebook page googling and i was like why didn't you to, email him uh you know didn't have time this is all a, a fevered pitch on a sunday afternoon where i was like oh my god i need to get a talking done i'll email him and i'll say oh ho, ho. <laughs> what oh, rpg did you play <laughs> i just love that like american teens are being told they're going to hell because they're playing a satan game and french teens are just playing D, smoking cigarettes yeah. at 12 drinking <laughs> yeah. w- drinking wine yeah. like quoting sartre at <laughs> each other eating pounds of cheese and bread <laughs> Dear France, I'm sorry that we are stereotyping yeah, yeah, you so harshly. But I don't know any better. We're only doing it because we know this is what you guys say about us. Big fat American. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I know. I know. Like, if we could just come together and admit that we're both intolerable peoples. Yeah. <laughs> I know we are. <laughs> I know we are. I already know we are. Yeah. So uh, he graduated up in what I think was 1984, and he enlisted in the French military and served from some length of time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Except an indeterminate number of years. Again, it, like it's unless he like reached out and was like, 
hey, if I sent him a message, it yeah, was like, like oh, hey, how long did you serve in the military? It wasn't on his LinkedIn account. Uh, did, I didn't think to look at the LinkedIn. Oh my gosh, Mark, that's the first place you look. I know. I really dropped <laughs> Facebook, the Facebook, you could say anything on there. Yeah, that's very true. So he was discharged and uh, he worked in the commercial sector for a few years and he plugged away until he heard the siren song of the board game industry calling his name. <laughs> Is that how that works? It's a siren song. What year song? was this? This was um, in the early 90s. Okay. He got in on the ground floor. Yeah, he worked for a management team uh, for like a small independent publisher. It's a lot of this early history is kind of hazy because it's just hard to find like facts because of the internet not being around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Makes sense to me. Uh, but at some point, he met three. He met two other guys. Uh, other French guys. Yep. One was Philippe Moreau, and yeah. the other was Christophe Rowe. Yeah, those are real French names. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Good. It'd be weird if. <laughs> so you met some other French guys, Steve Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> Steve. Steve Thomas and Tim Dawkins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. And Rodrigo Suerte. That's <laughs> <laughs> the it. weirdest French dude I've ever met. <laughs> They decided to basically strike out on their own. And then in 1995, Nune, Moreau, and uh, Rowe uh, formed the three pillars of a brand new company they named Asmodee. Oh, from the beginning they won. From the beginning. Does that mean something? I couldn't find what this means. I can assume that it's a, some sort of riff on Asmodeus, the archdemon from D&D. Yeah, Good I always Lord. thought it was Asmodee. Like, uh, I, checked, I, I checked it. I guess the French pronunciation is Asmodee. Asmodee. Oh, okay. Fine, yeah. I'll go with that. Sure. Unlike our Simon and Come On thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to check on it. Because I was like, to. if I do a whole stinking like, topic <laughs> about Asmodee and I keep pronouncing it wrong and I get a bunch of emails about it, I'll be so embarrassed. But not that embarrassed. <laughs> I, well, I, none I, of the emails I, will be me. I didn't even know. I'll forward them right to you, too, Mark. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, dear France, I so apologize for Mark. <laughs> yeah. Listen, we're embarrassed of him, too. Oh, well, I'm an American. I don't know how to talk good. I'd rate Marcus seven. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, kind of for high. He's a cop. awfully high. No, he's a cop out of a human being. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, so in the early days, uh, the company basically just focused on RPG sales. Quote, we started at five after having acquired a stock of role-playing games. Our idea was to carry out a double activity, to publish our own games, but also to offer other publishers, many of whom were micro-businesses, to ensure their commercial and logistics service. Hmm. Yeah. Seems like a good plan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he's like, hey, you know, we'll publish our games and then help other people publish their stuff. Seems too. like they had a positive start to their evil empire. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And uh, a lot of this is like all directly from an interview that Nune gave to a French magazine. Yeah. So if the translation seems a little off, it's because I Google translated it from French to English. So. Solid. Yeah, it was a good decision on my part. <laughs> it'd be weird if you were just reading it to us in French. I don't speak French. <laughs> well, it'd be weird if I could speak French too. <laughs> I played a <laughs> I played a board game where the rules were, uh, Conan was the game, where the rule book was in French and then translated to English very poorly. Yeah, It seemed sure. like they also Google translated <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> so for a while, the RPG sales were, were fine, but they weren't the return that Asmodee was looking for. Hey, trying to get rich. So um, they looked for other ways, and this is like a very funny... It has to be like some sort of translation quirk. They looked for ways to get out of the quote unquote role playing ghetto, <laughs> which I thought was an insane thing to say. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that term is as loaded as it here is here as in the here. States. Like yeah. You hear the ghetto here in the US and you're like, oh boy, that's oh not boy. a good thing. Uh, but anyway, they were like, well, how are we going to like make more money? And it was expansion into other products. So Asmodee began publishing tabletop yes. games, card games, and uh, what and they And making call... two brands of Slurpee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Like other products. Yeah, yeah, other products. Obviously. Yeah, so that's, that's how they got into the board game industry. It was like, okay, well, we'll just start. We're not making enough cash on these RPGs. Right. Mm -hmm. Because it's not D&D &D 5th edition yet. Not yet. Yeah, it's coming. Can't, can't make that money yet. 
<laughs> so uh, their first big hit was in 1998. It was a game called Jungle Speed. Okay. Um, what year was this? 1998. Jungle so three Speed. years after they formed. First Bam. Big. Jungle yeah. Speed, baby. Huge game. Won some awards. Oh. Very popular. Let's get it. Now I want to play it. Uh, quote, we worked a lot on the product and on its marketing, and it started to sell very well. And it eventually would end up selling 4 million copies in France Dang. and in international markets. So Dang, actually good. was kind of a big thing. Mm, I get it. Um, using the success of Jungle Speed as a launch pad, Nune guided Asmodee into st- specialized toy chains like France's La Grande Requet and U.S.'s Toys R Us. So mm. that's how they first got their big start to like. Different. I mean, that makes sense. You get into Toys R Us, you're going to move some product. Oh, yeah, for sure. Not so much anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's because Toys R Us is not so much anymore. <laughs> So they quickly began to make a name for themselves in the French marketplace, establishing and distributing games for consumers. But the catalyst as the number two board game company in the world didn't really come about until the great card collectible card game crash of the early 2000s. Oh, well, when it crashed, did they manage to buy up a couple of things that, Ooh, on the cheap? They say, oh, we'll take, we'll take quite. Yu-Gi-Oh. So if you're, if you're <laughs> interested in hearing that particular story, that's on episode 42's topic, The Big Botch. So that's a lot of fun. In 2003, when this happened, the Pokemon collectible card game was a disaster. Yeah. They wanted Full Metal Alchemist and they got Pokemon. Yeah. It was a, <laughs> I think a I might have used up all of my anime. <laughs> uh, Naruto. Oh, yeah. Naruto and Dragon and, Ball. Mm-hmm. What's that college one? My Hero Academia. That's the one. Yep. Thank you, Dave. Yep. Got you, buddy. <laughs> Something tells me that's uh, one you're familiar with, Dave. Something tells me my wife wears that shirt she has of that. Anime <laughs> <all> the <laughs> uh, so the entire market had tanked and publishers were looking to hit the reset button on their entire product lines. During a U.S. trade fair, Nune just happened to bump into the guy whose job it was to relaunch the entire Pokemon card game. Oh, boy. And he was like, hey, um, I don't know. Do you want to, like, distribute Pokemon cards for France? Yowzer. (laughs) Yeah. Why, yes, please. Yeah, and that's exactly what he said. Quote, I said Banco, which apparently means let's go in French. That means yes, please. Would you like to print your own money? (laughs) Yeah, basically. Uh, this he told that to the, the magazine La, La Express in 2012. La Express. La Express. How hard do you think it would be to counterfeit Pokemon cards? Asking I bet for a friend. I bet it's easier now than it was then. Yeah. But you mean us? Impossible. Obviously, I don't <laughs> yeah. mean us. This is yeah. being recorded. <laughs> do you mean us? Uh, impossible. Yeah. I keep I keep getting these foil Weedles. I don't understand. <laughs> I have a laser printer and a stick of glue. Yeah. Let's make it happen. I also have some Reynolds aluminum <laughs> yeah. foil. Oh, it looks shiny. Yeah. <laughs> so Asmode, Asmodee was like, yeah, oh, we will totally sell all of your Pokemon cards. Yeah. Uh, and they started just pumping out millions of these things. Oh, man. Uh, and they got into supermarkets and grocery stores and sold uh, basically tens of millions of Pokemon cards. Yeah. Four years later, in 2007, Asmodee's sales had grown to 25 million euro. Euro? Uh-oh. Yeah. That's a lot of money. That's big it's, money. It's more money than $25 million. Yes, it mm-hmm. is. That's a lot of guacamole. A lot of, a lot of chimichangas. <laughs> that's a lot of baguette. That's a lot of, <laughs> that's a lot of smokes. <laughs> oh, man. Can you imagine all the brie you could buy with that? Oh. <laughs> that's a lot of unfiltered cigarettes and no deodorant. <laughs> oh. Dude, and let me tell you, wine is cheap in France. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it there. <laughs> For Nunez's part, he was like, this is really great. <laughs> I bet. I, I bet. Feel, I feel like there's more out there, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's a go-getter, huh? By the end of 07, Asmodee had begun to explore the possibility of entering foreign markets because they had only been selling basically in France at this point. Oh, so he wants to sell Pokemon everywhere? He wants to sell Asmodee products everywhere. Oh, Not just Pokemon because he probably doesn't have to distribute the distributing say, licenses for like other markets US for Pokemon. But Japan or whatever. Slurpees. Uh-huh. Yeah, Diet Coke. Keep going. <laughs> Nikes. <laughs> 
Asmodee brand Nikes, like the little Nas X. <laughs> That's an unauthorized. Oh, you can't sell those. You can't do that. You put blood in it. <laughs> you put meeples in our Nikes. <laughs> Get that meeple. No one's going to want to walk. Oh, my God. All right. So they wanted to enter foreign markets, but they needed an infusion of cash to do that. So what do you do? Really? They need an infusion of cash? Yeah. You Even talk after to... that Pokemon money? Yeah, you talk to an investment firm. That's, mm-hmm. the, that's the best way to get some cash. I yeah. think what you do is you start a fake other company, and uh-huh. then you sell shares. <laughs> and then you sell just too few shares for them to check into it. Yeah, that sounds familiar. That's, uh, seems that's like... certainly a plan. <laughs> <laughs> Enter Montfury Investing. That sounds familiar. They own a lot of stuff. They own me. That's why I know. Yep. <laughs> the company met with Asmodee and offered to buy two-thirds of the company for 40 to 50 million euro, which Asmodee then accepted. Oh, so this company paid Asmodee like 50 million? Yeah, we will pay you f- like- f- And we own part of you. Yeah. Like we own the- deal. We, we own two-thirds of you. Okay, deal. Yeah, 66% deal. I think is deal. what they Deal, get bought. it done. Where's yep. my check? <laughs> this you was... can own more of me for less money. Yeah. <laughs> if somebody was like, I'll give you 20 grand- but I get whatever you're worth in 20 years. I'll be like, you are a sucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sucker's bet. That's a Thank sucker's you, bet. sir. Like, you have to get money on you? Yeah. Also, let's be honest. I'm going to make sure that I'm worth less than that. Yeah. 20 years. <laughs> Quote, we were amazed by the richness of Asmodee's catalog and by its ability to constantly detect new promising games. Eric you, Vismuth. Like, like Pokemon? Like Pokemans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Eric Vismuth, president of Montfiore Investments, told The Express in 2012. That guy's named after a rock. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Or a uh, digestion aid. <laughs> quote we targeted acquisitions and on the creation of off of offices or subsidiaries asmodee's job was to identify potential buys and then montfiore would lawyer up and then purchase the company integrating it seamlessly into asmodee yeah, jamming it right in it yeah mm. by that time in 2008 asmodee's growth had begun to explode 2008 oh yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, that is a uh, solid Pokemon card time. Before you could buy just Poke, uh, not Pokemon. Darn it, Dave! You could buy uh, <laughs> Asmodee games. Yeah, but then they started like yeah. getting everybody. Yeah, basically. So Asmodee picked up a company in the Benelux, which I guess is the Economic Union of Belgium, Netherlands, and Luxembourg. The uh, Benelux. The Benelux. Kind of cool. Uh, and then they purchased a smaller company in Germany. That's cooler than NAFTA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Uh, in 2009, Asmodee expanded into North America with a subsidiary in the U.S. I think it was in New York City. In 2012, Asmodee entered Spanish markets and purchased a British company with 60 employees. Uh, and each time it expanded, it reached its reach became a little bit longer, and its entire catalogs were then added to those markets that they were suddenly being able to sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you buy up a bunch of stuff, and then it's like, ooh, look at all these new places I can sell. Yeah, look at all here's of my all product. The, here's these games that we have. Yeah, that you couldn't get before in your faces. By the end of 2011, uh, Nunez Company's uh, sales were up to 100 million euro. 100 million? 100 million euro. That's a lot of cash. It's a lot of scratch. Yeah. yeah so a, that'll uh, get you a coffee. <laughs> oh, and of that 100 million, like 50% of that was international sales. Oh, dang. Yeah. Well, sure, because you're not doing 100 mil in France. Yep. Or well, are you? Or are you? Or are you? <laughs> <laughs> That's where our plucky upstart company's rise begins to become a little troubling. You, <laughs> okay. Go ahead. No, <laughs> you plucky upstart worth 100 million. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> By 2013, Nune was getting like really tired of 
constantly expanding the company. He said he'd spent so much time growing Asmodee that he felt like he'd gotten away from like what he got into board gaming in the, for in the, per, the first place, which was to publish games. He was he got in the Pokemon mindset. He yeah, was collecting. He them was all. trying to catch them all, and he was exactly. do, he was doing it. Are you um, a business? I wish to catch you. I wish to catch you. <laughs> Here is the my Pokeball I use, which I call Cash. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Master Ball. It's a Cash Ball. <laughs> And it catches anything. The three, so the same year, Nune, Moreau, and Ro, Rio, all decided to leave Asmodee at the same time. Oh, out and of they here. broke off and they formed their own new company called Space Cowboys. Uh, and I found also a, familiar with Space Cowboys. Yeah, Space Cowboys has published quite a few games. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, one of the funniest press releases I've ever read. It was this one from this place called Trick Track. <laughs> this is a direct quote from my Google Translate. <laughs> quote: Space Cowboys is the name of this new publisher. That, by looking at the ad illustration, you guessed it. Unless you're totally stupid, but we doubt it. (laughs) (laughs) Trick goes on. It's incredible. Trick track readers are all brilliant brains. Normally, if you have a film culture over 13 years old, you know that this is the title of a Clint Eastwood movie that tells the story of some old croutons retired from NASA. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This can't be accurately translated. (laughs) Some old croutons. croutons. Well, there it is the same, or almost, yes. Old, almost retired croutons who want to do spectacular (laughs) missions, but in the game. Yes, and there, be careful, sit down. At the same time, you must be seated. Who? But what has just left Asmodee? Who are these old croutons? (laughs) I love, I might start referring to old people as croutons. Old croutons, hilarious. I have this press release in my show notes. I recommend everyone read it. It's just 500 words of pure insanity. <laughs> you must sit down. Yeah, it's very, very funny. Sit down. You must sit down. <laughs> you must sit down. It, you must be seated. Old croutons <laughs> must old be seated. Croutons. It's a movie about some old croutons <laughs> old that are retired croutons. from NASA. <laughs> oh. uh, so if the loss of its three founders hurt Asmodee, you would never have known it. Because <laughs> they were still collecting. In November of the same year, uh, Eurozio, a French financial holding company, purchased 83.5% of Asmodee for 102 million euro, giving the company an estimated value of 143 million euro. Uh, Using its newfound financial muscle, Asmodee announced mergers with both Days of Wonder and Fantasy Flight Games. Those were big pickups, both Mm -hmm. of them. Yep. They they got both of those companies in 2014 and giving it to access to like stone cold board game classics like um, Ticket to Ride, Twilight Imperium. Mm -hmm. Like all that is under the Asmodee umbrella now. Lord of the Rings... Descent, Imperial Assault, you name it. All good stuff. All good stuff. Classic Fantasy Flight before they started making crap. Yep. (laughs) Love it. You mean before they started making Money Grab. I call this game Money Grab. (laughs) Two years after that, Asmodee purchased the licensing rights to Settlers of Catan from Mayfair Games. Uh, making it the official publisher and distributor of the classic game. When Mayfair Games eventually shut down in 2018, uh, they sold their entire catalog specifically to Asmodee. So all of those properties now belong to Asmodee as well. At the same time they were doing that, they also (laughs) snatched up Lookout Games and uh, Uwe Rosenberg's classic carrot simulator, Agricola. Uwe. Yeah. (laughs) Classic carrot simulator. That's right. I didn't stutter. (laughs) That's a solidly accurate depiction (laughs) of that game. Um, The same year. Crouton simulator. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Stitch a crouton butt down. (laughs) That's not an old crouton move. That's a fresh baguette move. The same year, uh, Eurozio agreed to a buyout from a company called PAI, PAI Partners in France. How much do you think they sold the company for? Oh, man. In euros? Yeah, in euros. Is like, it over $100 million? It's way over $100 million. 375 
million euros. Okay. 450. <gasps> Say 376. No, I'm not like that, Sam. <laughs> well, you're both very far off. Oh. It was 1.2 billion euros. Oh, yeah, boy. <laughs> you could add ours together and it wasn't close to it. Yeah. So, well, I don't understand large amounts of money because I have small amounts of money. <laughs> yeah, well, they cease to, they start making no sense after a while. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So Asmodee's expansion had caught the eyes of many of both in the board game world and economic circles. Uh, I, this whole thing was brought about by a Bloomberg article that I saw about Asmodee's expansion. It was all published in like last month, and they detailed all of the problems issue, like plaguing all of the retailers who carry Asmodee games. Mm. Quote, many board game enthusiasts insist creativity has suffered under Asmodee. Sure. Owners of game stores in three U.S. states say prices are up and customer store portists suffered. Gregory Cohen, owner of Lofty Pursuits, a game store in a soda fountain in Tallahassee, Florida. I love the soda fountain. <laughs> soda fountain. <laughs> yeah. oh, the soda jerk work there? Love it. Uh, it. says the recent changes in processing fees, shipping charges, and discounts have almost eliminated any profit he makes on Asmodee's titles. They're asking me to basically make no money to carry their product, he said. Wow. So I know there was like this big issue with Asmodee. So they used to like replace parts. Mm -hmm. Like if you something was damaged and then they did away with it. They're yeah. like, no more of that. And people like lost their minds yeah. over it. They, they had a real spate of bad press there for a couple years. It was that. And then they increased all of the prices for their games by $5 just across the board. <laughs> yeah, so stupid. Uh, much like Hypnosis's expansion into the music catalogs, uh, Asmodee's growth has stymied like a lot of market creativity. They're betting that a lot of these classic hits, just like Hypnosis, are going to make up the billions of dollars that they've spent acquiring these things, mm -hmm. uh, while eschewing newer artists who are unproven. Asmodee's ex approach with board games is very similar. Like they've started uh, focusing pr uh, primarily on profitable Hollywood like franchises and licensing deals. Mm. Like think like Marvel. You know, oh yeah. Yeah, that kind of stuff. That's lame. According to the Bloomberg article, quote, Ticket to Ride now comes in 28 versions. <laughs> Catan has dozens. Fantasy Flight Games, a Minnesota studio that Asmodee purchased in 2014 uh, and made its name with the smash hit Twilight Imperium. Today, the studio focuses on derivative games rather than new titles. None of the 19 upcoming releases listed on its website are original. Quote, I can't think of a single Asmodee game of A-list caliber like Catan or Ticket to Ride coming after they bought a studio, says Robert Crone, co-owner of the Game House uh, Cafe in Glendale, California. Dang. Yeah. Eat it, idiot. <laughs> For some creators, that stagnation has been pretty unbearable. Uh, Heiko Ehler-Blils, the founder of Hadelbar Games, uh, who published Tags oh. that we had talked about. Yeah, we're terrible though. Yeah, we're terrible. So some bad. of us are terrible. Okay, okay. sorry. Dave and I are terrible. <laughs> yeah, Dan and I... <laughs> Uh, he didn't have much to say positive about working with Asmodee. So they bought his studio, um, and they said, hey, there's not much that's going to change while you while you do your thing. But they, that quickly changed after they acquired him in 2017. Quote, there was no plan, says Eller Bills. It was a disaster. They basically told him to start slowing down development of new games and focusing on like the old stuff that he had published that's before. so stupid. Eller Bills basically like would later repurchase the creative direction of his company of Hadelbar Games like two years later in 2019. Daniel. Yes, David. I feel like at the start of this, it was made clear to me that this is not a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, you said this <laughs> was a history. neutral guy, but yeah. this is not a neutral I'm, action. I'm feeling far from neutral <laughs> yeah. right now about this story. Yeah. 
Um, There's no happy ending to it. I know that Asmodee's still doing the same stuff. Yeah, we yeah. marched from positivity into go screw yourself, board games. <laughs> well, you knew it was going to happen. It's April showers, baby. Ugh. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> I, don't, I don't much care for this. Uh, regardless of how you feel about all these acquisitions. I feel that, terrible I don't like it. it. <laughs> that train has unfortunately already left the station. Well, not if Dave and I acquire those I places. Know, you've got to get here's, in there. Here's our plan moving forward. Okay. We're going to start buying out podcasts okay. until we own all of the podcasts yeah. and then we're going to tell every one of them stop doing everything creative yeah your just, goal is to focus on your already published episodes so you're just gonna, <laughs> just gonna remake them Re- over yeah, yeah, and over yeah. again re-record yeah. your f- 10 episodes i need that remix though <laughs> this uh, is a gold idea yeah so step one get financing in 2020 uh toy news published an article concerning the licensing plans asmodee has going forward quote the world is going to look very different now that asmodee one of the biggest players in the board gaming sector, is very actively pu- pushing into publishing. Alexander Thiemé, director manager of licensed publishing and consumer products for Asmodee Entertainment. It's about, quote, it's about time all this happens, he tells Toy, Toy News. Uh, the fans out there are hungry. They are starving for the stuff. Whenever I talk to fans and tell them that I do licensing, I ask them what they're looking for. Is it comics? Is it this? Is it that? And they all bite my hand off. Uh, they're really crazy for it right now. What I want is good games. Yeah. Like, as Predaporte has proven to us, <laughs> if you make a good game, yeah, the skin s- doesn't really matter. The skin yep. is all that matters in that game. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so say what you will about like Kickstarter and those kind of things, GameFound, mm-hmm. but they benefit us, like people that want yeah. new IPs, because that gives somewhere some people somewhere to go. That they don't have to go like to Asmodee and say like right because I mean could you imagine pitching a game to Asmodee right now? How they're... long do you think before Asmodee buys Kickstarter? <laughs> well, the, yeah, uh, I mean, that'd be fun. Yeah, I'm sure Kickstarter is already being eyeballed by somebody. Like the I, amount of money that goes. Yeah, I was gonna that. say oh, yeah. I don't. I bet Asmodee doesn't have like as rich as they are. I bet they don't have the cash for it. Yeah, yeah that's gonna get bought by like Microsoft or Apple yeah, or someone yeah, like for sure. <laughs> then he infamously or kind of sinisterly says, "Quote." But truth to say, it's just that we're just getting started. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, this I, was not a neutral guy <laughs> of board game yeah. history. It, uh, it worries me that you think that's neutral. Yeah. I just think it's a trend that bears consideration it's as, as we move forward. Bear. Uh, it can't, I can't help but be reminded a lot of this uh, quote that I read one time that was said, don't look for the needle in the haystack, just buy the haystack. It's such a... I anyway. hate it. I want more antitrust laws. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's really yeah. what I desire. Sure. Um, so that would be ideal. <laughs> as we wrap up, the company has just announced, just in 2021, um, that they are planning to expand into Korea with a brand new Korea Asmodee division. North Korea? Uh, I think South only, Korea. No, only North Korea. <laughs> only North Korea. I'd be impressed if they somehow got into yeah, North Korea. This is our glorious board game collection. <laughs> yeah, glorious. We're all about how much food we have. <laughs> yep. So they basically bought up Plan B Games this year. Who Plan publishes B. Azul? Oh, <laughs> uh, only make the original Azul, but different skins. Yeah, uh, and they acquired Board Game Arena, probably for the intense for the express purposes of having like an online yeah. expanded board game presence. Uh, whether all of this activity will create will spur like new creativity or excitement or lead to stagnation and constant rebooting and licensing yes, like it, Hollywood or the music industry, it'll be that <laughs> second thing you said. Well, only time will tell, Dave. I can't uh. wait to play Azul to Ride. Yeah, Azul to Ride. <laughs> <laughs> it's where you build stained glass windows, but on a train. But on oh, a train. Right. Yeah, that's so cool. And it goes nowhere. It goes nowhere. It's so funny because the Bloomberg Ample Market Research 
said that the board game industry is expected to top $30 billion in sales by 2026. Dang. And I can't imagine that with that much money floating out there, like anything but safe money is going to like yeah. totally rule the day. Yeah. I think, unfortunately, the heyday is what we're in the past and now. And soon mm-hmm. it's just going to be a few companies that stifle and run everything. Yeah, I, th- I think there'll always be like some space for like indie, indie creators. As long as things like Kickstarter yeah, and that Kickstarter sort of stuff, and Game Found, mm-hmm. yeah, and stuff as like long that. as that exists, I think we'll still be okay. Yeah, and that's why I would like to probably round this out by saying like it's so important to like as you get like deeper into the hobby to like try to find like an independent publisher sure. or a creator that like makes their own stuff. And- buy, go to your local game store yep. and buy an in like a small company's game. Yeah, like they're good. There's plenty of awesome games out mm-hmm. there. My favorite game of all time is one dude who published one game ever yeah, yeah. that game's garbage though <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's not what your score said yeah, yeah. so <laughs> scores by for sure this is like a, this is an opportunity for us as consumers to say we want the new ip i want new stuff it's cool to have things that you are comfortable like a sweater that you put on and it's like oh it's really cozy it's a game i know it's a it's a thing i love it's like we played spartacus yeah like we all know well most of us know that ip but i mean just go out and support something different right too. and it's fine you're always going to have your ticket to rides and the Catans and all that those are never going anywhere and they're just going to keep pumping out different versions yeah of them. i mean again when but, you have... but there's so much new stuff out there mm-hmm. like, like that's so monopoly yes. how many versions of monopoly exactly. are there? people yeah. still buy it yeah they insist it's good it's getting to that point where it's like suspiciously reminiscent of that where it's like okay well here's Here's Dog Catan. Here's yeah. Star Trek Catan. The uh, Office 16 Catan. Candles Catan, because we'll make that. <laughs> Some of you dopes will buy it. Oh, do you want Gone with the Wind Catan? <laughs> At the end of the game, you have to burn it down the board. You burn yeah. it down. Yeah. Single-use game. Yeah, it's a legacy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not even. You just play one time, burn it. Just it just one time. One time, burn it. Burn it. Yeah. All right. So anyway, that's the talking for the hey, night. Hey, good job, Asmodee Mark. Games. I actually have something kind of fun and lighthearted planned for Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. If next this week. is your version of New if this is neutral, I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, thanks for suffering through that, guys. I hope you learned a little bit. And like I said, just buy like an independent game. Yeah. Well, I hate everything about that. And if you want to purchase our podcast, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. I hate what Mark said, but I could get on board with someone buying yeah. our podcast. For the right price of 1.2 billion euros. <laughs> I don't even understand how much money that yeah. is. <laughs> if you send us 20 Bitcoin... Yeah. In the mail? I don't know how you guys... <laughs> yeah. I don't understand it. Yo, hit me on up a, with that blockchain. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. Yeah. I guess I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, so that's episode number 48, uh, Random Draw Board Game Podcast. Mm-hmm. Did it. If you have any questions or comments or would like to reach out to us, just shoot us an email at randomdrawpodcast at gmail.com. It goes right to my phone, and I always have my phone on me. Mm-hmm. I will drive several hours back to where I was to get my phone. In fact... <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I know for I know I won't leave my phone anywhere because as soon as I get in my car, I start listening to an audiobook on my phone. Yeah. So <laughs> if I don't have it, it's always on hand. I'll just stay wherever I'm at until mm-hmm. it turns up. <laughs> I can't drive I can't, without my audio. I can't drive. <laughs> uh, check out our Facebook, Instagram, all, uh, that all of our social media. Sometimes it gets updated. Sometimes yeah, it doesn't. I mean, most of the time it doesn't, but that's cool, man. Like you can look at it. You could look at it. There's still stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I still I still check our Instagram case someone mm-hmm. sends us a message or something yeah. so i still check it i just don't do much yeah longer. but i feel you, like that would be a good board game name screaming into the void screaming into the void yeah it's a lovecraft game <laughs> <laughs> and now for something completely different yeah. going to the gym and showering oh, yeah? the, at the gym 
How's that? It's fine. The gym I go to has individual bathrooms with showers in them. Oh, like little stalls. Do you have to wear your mask in the shower? I'm the only one in the bathroom. If could you wear your mask in the shower? I mean, I guess. <laughs> could you swap yes. out a regular mask for a scuba mask? I think that'd be very funny. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Like I would still need the tank, like a whole tank. No, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Just I'm like, just wearing the, just, a... the, just the snorkel, I guess. Is yeah, I you say. get a snorkel, but it's straight up, and it <laughs> just guess, like, keeps going under the running water. I think the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I think the problem is my mouth, right? You want your mouth covered. Well, you know, your mouth and nose, right? Like, yeah, it's all. Not, just... My eyes aren't the problem. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sure, that's. I get that's COVID fair. eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even look at me. It's like Medusa of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I went to Walmart to just get. Like shower shoes, some like okay. cheap flip flops. No, could not find any. No, flip flops are hard to find this time. So, of year. Like really cheap ones too. That's all yeah. I want. Like dollar. I pair. just want. I just want ringworm flip flops. Yeah. So I don't, I don't get, get yeah, the something. foot fungo. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I have these like Under Armour sliders. It's like whatever. I'll just wear these. Mm-hmm. But now when I'm in the shower, it just goes <laughs> <laughs> the whole time. Anytime I put weight on them, it's just uh-huh. like. <laughs> Oh man, it's unappealing. I haven't uh, I haven't done a community shower thing. It's since. not a community shower. There's not a bunch of people in there. It would be a community shower. So, I was oh, there. <laughs> so you're saying it's like just literally one stall? It's like if you went in the bathroom here, okay, and that bathroom had a shower in it. That is what oh, it is okay. like. That's way better because I was thinking way like, better. I, I think wouldn't they be were shower like dorm style. No, no, no. Like no. Where I, I went wouldn't... to college at Murder mm-hmm. Hall and UCO. <laughs> It was called Murdaw Hall, but all the kids called it Murdaw Hall. Where Murder you went to Hall, college? Because it was like where all the poor kids roomed. <laughs> it was don't drop the soapville. I don't. I'm past that point in my life where I yeah, need to be showering. Yeah, no, with I don't. Other... I don't want to be naked in a room full of guys. Yeah, yeah, I no longer need to do it. It's just a desire. Now, now it's recreational. That's <laughs> <laughs> just for funsies. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because you have to wear your mask the whole time in the gym, and they also ask you to spray things down before you use it and after you use it. Okay, despite. That's not how you get COVID, but yeah, like, yeah. but like, it's fine. But I don't I mean, always do it before I do it. That's like, there's, there's like the remnants of the early days of the pandemic before anybody yeah. knew how it spread. And but you should always spray down your equipment after you use it. Yeah, don't even be a before COVID, because you're yeah. a sweaty beast, mm-hmm. and I don't want to sit in it. Yeah, I mean, you think about all that stuff just growing on all the iron in there. Mm. <laughs> I like mm. to rub my towel onto things, but it's the same towel I rub my sweat with. No, yeah, that's terrible sure. to yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Do, do be that guy. Mm-hmm. Be that sure. guy. It's fine. <laughs> but you have a spray bottle filled with more of your sweat. Yeah. I bring it from home. <laughs> yeah. When I, was, uh, when, I was going, when I was going to club fitness. Planet with a purple one where there's no, no, no. free weights? No, there's they got the lunk alarm. No, I don't go there because I like free weights. But yeah, me too. When I was going to Flex World Fitness. They had like this group of dudes there. And at first, like I was there and I was like, oh my God, are these guys like white supremacists? Because they're all like shaved heads and they're big and they're all tattooed and everything. Yeah. What is this, a prison yard? I was like, that's what I thought. I mean, honestly, when I walked in, like, uh, you know, husky guys like me, like yeah, just trying to get through the day. Yeah, just trying to get a squat rack. <laughs> For God's sakes. <laughs> get me in there. Just let me in the power rack, please, sir. Yeah. Well, I go, so I go in the gym at 4 a.m. That's the like, best time. Yeah, I wake up at 4 and I get there by 4.30 and then I wake out, I wake out, I work <laughs> out for an hour and then I go to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's like nobody in there except for this bodybuilder lady who is super intimidating. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's jacked, man. But she was really funny because uh, they could, the music wasn't on. She's like, that's it. I'm going to start singing. I'm just going to start singing. <laughs> like, oh, boy. That's fun. What was she singing? She didn't. She was oh. threatening everybody in there who was like me and one other guy. Mm, you can't like, threaten me with a good time. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm putting my headphones on. I don't care. Oh, what you yeah, do. man. I used, to, I used to go during like the heavy time Ugh. where it was like five o'clock. Everyone just got off work everyone's no. got a lot of extra energy they want to like burn off it's the worst time a lot go. of screaming going on like i said 
they're d- crews of dudes just like, <laughs> posted up at every bench press. Like, oh, that's how you get jacked is just through bench press. Yeah, yeah. Everybody like, knows that. You always skip leg day, and then you just do bench press. What's leg day? What are all these machines for? Yeah, like they saw me at the power rack, and they're like, no, no, no. That's like that's the that's the spare bench press. That's thing. the spare bench. <laughs> put that. That's what I use for my spare bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't what put you that on your shoulders. Don't put it on your shoulders. <laughs> what are you doing over What are you here? bending over? Stop. Yeah, yeah. You go to the deadlift platform. They're like, no, no, no. That's the stage where we do bench press. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the bench press stage. <laughs> See, but if it. you're fat enough, why do you need a leg press machine? You could just do a squat. Uh, I'm already lifting enough here. Yeah, that's true. I don't but need you also want to get you want to get that static work yeah. on your legs, right in your thighs. You know, thighs are the new abs, Dave. I just read this online. <laughs> are they? Yeah, are like they? like like a nice nice cut pair of men's thighs that's why the ladies love it yep the new like swim shorts are so short now yep they want to see them they want to see them quads baby you're gonna have to start shaving your thighs now dave i instead of just, just your below thighs. your knees <laughs> yeah you want you want just the thighs shaved and then like hair from the knee down so yeah well the aerodynamics come from the thighs yeah <laughs> that's where all the power is derived from i well i don't even hulk hogan it and shave my armpit so i don't think i'm gonna start shaving much of anything look that's at my face true. those shaved, Clearly, ar- I don't spend a those lot shaved armpits yeah. aren't for those those wrestlers therefore the people they are wrestling yeah i was just like talking about this the other day about how like in my high school years there was like this whole like period where people would just shave like their legs guys would shave their legs were they swimmers they, yeah this is the only reason and i totally got body shamed because like you i wasn't shave shaving my and also i was like the one dude in like high school who had a hairy chest in oklahoma in oklahoma this is weird it's very weird i would so, expect this in like los angeles or something right so i roll up because it's senior class trip i'm already kind of like feeling nervous because like i'm a little, little chunker and you know we're going to we're going to the schlitterbahn in san antonio the right schlitterbahn. schlitterbahn huge water park oh okay yeah so like i think it's like one of the biggest water parks in the u.s and i'm like well what do i do with this like yeah. all of the you took like, your shirt off and they're like take your sweater off bro <laughs> very funny no so what happened was is that i i thought did I'd, you buy a swimming shirt i th- i thought i'd thread the needle right and i just trimmed like i just took like a, a beard razor and i just i had to cut it down to like a three so it was nice and manageable yeah. <laughs> groomed you should have cut a design into it. I should have cut a design <laughs> or into it. Or a number. Because it's the only way it could have been less embarrassing than what happened to me. You should have put your graduation year shaved onto like your 04, body. Like 04, bam. Like bam. O on the front, four what in the up, back. Baby? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I get there and I whip off my shirt, right? And then everyone's just like staring. And suddenly I'm like, oh my God, I've made a grave mistake. I should have just shaved. This girl was like, you look pretty good if you didn't have that crap all over your chest. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I were feel like, terrible. Were you like, you too? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's that's a brutal thing to say. Then I spent the rest of the uh, day like with my arms crossed. <laughs> like wow. this. Like, Man, that's messed up. That's a terrible thing to say. Yeah, you know. Kids. I have as much I have as <laughs> much body hair as almost my almost adults. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> I have as much body hair as my body has decided to grow. Yeah, my mm-hmm. my body hair m- is as long as it's gonna get. Yeah. <laughs> I've grown it to what I like to call terminal length. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. Game over, man. Game over.